Hello and welcome to Us Weirdos Have to Stick Together, the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about Kiyoshi. The rise of. <laughs> My name is Nobody and I'm joined by the most criminal in the flying opera company. It's Vivian. <sighs> you know, I, I was like wondering what you were going for with that. I thought you were just going to end it there of like, if we, we talk about Kiyoshi and then lead into introductions or something. And I was like thinking of like, what? Uh, hang on, something's going on here. Uh. <laughs> Like you had it, like, you had it on the ball for like uh, what, like three, four, five episodes straight or something like that. I guess like I guess since like the first QC episode when you were trying to remember what the Flying Opera Company was called. I don't know. I think I did it right like twice total. So yeah, maybe I'm misremembering. I don't know. No, actually, we're just gonna redirect this uh. show. We're talking about Kyoshi in general, not the specific book anymore. Yeah, I, I hear. I hear she's tall and also gay. <laughs> Or bisexual or whatever, but still. These are interesting traits for a character to have. <laughs> <laughs> so, but for real, though, how's it going? Yeah, uh... It's, it's been weird, because, like, I mean, just earlier today, I was like, how's that already Thursday? Like, we we just, like, didn't we just do a Those Weirdos episode, like, two days ago or something? And you know what I realized? <laughs> it's because I have a fucking job. <laughs> so, turns out, uh, even though at times, uh, like, going through, like, uh, it's weird that they call my job transaction processor when it's, like, I don't really see, like, I'm not dealing with, like, actual money. It's really just seeing if people can actually like apply for medical insurance and then sending them up to the next step along the line to verify that kind of stuff. I don't know why they call it that. But it's like, even though that can, I don't want to say drag on for a little bit, but it is a lot of repetition in terms of like sitting there, but like basically as is, like they already had me at the stage of like uh, more or less being on my own, but they still want me to like double check my work before I actually go through it. So I'm basically checking like eligibility twice and then going through making sure I have everything correct in our database correct uh, twice before I actually close it out and com compared to like everybody else still needing to be QA'd because they suck <laughs> and they're slow. <laughs> uh, it's weird because it's like, I mean like uh, at the rate that I'm going, like I did like 32 or so by myself today. And like uh, they say like basically when you get to like past training and everything, you don't need to like uh, check your own work that way, like, you'll basically be doing, like, double that amount, which makes sense, because, like, I basically was taking, like, twice as long to go through one compared to, like, the math that I did of, like, it should take, on average, about seven minutes per. So it's been weird, because, like, again, like, it's, like, me just sitting there being like, wait, how did it get to be Thursday? And it's like, oh, right, because having a job in some ways is kind of like time travel, because you're already taking a third of the freaking day just sitting in an office. <laughs> And also it helps that uh, because I'm at this stage where I can uh, check my own work, I am allowed to have my little mp3 player in the office so I can actually listen to, like, audiobooks and stuff. Which is how I finally started reading, uh, well, listening to This Is How You Lose the Time War. Which is very strange. It is just like, it is just these two ladies trying to sabotage each other in a time war, literally a time war of them, like, trying to usher in their version of what they think the future should be like. Mm -hmm. And they just do it in, like, the most aggressively horny and gay way possible. <laughs> like, they're, like, basically, like, the entire chapter is mostly just, like, one of them reading a note left by the other being like, Hey, guess what? Uh, fuck you. You suck. 
Anyway, uh, no hard feelings. Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> this kind of deal. Like, that's like every chapter so far. <laughs> Pretty amusing just how, like, it's like, because it jumps between the, the the point, like, not even like the point of view, but like each chapter, like, mostly focuses on like, either red or blue, which are the two ladies. And it's like them being like, oh, I was like, this is the reason why they're here in this era, like, dealing with, like, the Mongols or whatever, <laughs> like, and then, like, uh, basically being like, oh, yeah, this other one, like, basically wrote a message into a tree that she planted and grew for ten years <laughs> just to dunk on this one other character. <laughs> and it's just very weird and goofy when it's, like, <laughs> like then basically being like, yeah, none of the other people could read this message, except... The time lady, <laughs> and then that's basically being like, yeah, we should burn the log, <laughs> just because, because it's like it's funny where they're always just like, oh, this lady pisses me off so much, but you gotta respect it, and kind of deal, like, and just like them being like pissed, but also still smiling at the fact that each other keep getting one ups on each other while they're basically just going against what command is telling them to do, which is kill each other. <laughs> Which again is how I assume that the fucking each other over will just lead to fucking each other. Seems like a good assumption in a book like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> like the only way that they could be do being like more aggressively gay towards each other is if they actually had swords and they were fighting. Which I don't know what that that might happen. That might be how they finally kiss and fuck. Who knows? I don't know. I didn't read the book yet. <laughs> <laughs> it just literally started it this afternoon, and it's like this is weird. <laughs> This is really weird and strange. <laughs> yeah, uh, so that's basically been how I've been doing, just because, <laughs> like, me being like, again, like, how are we already at Thursday again? Oh, yeah, well, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, aside from that, I, uh, basically the thing I've been, like, entertaining off and on for months now, and, like, kind of really, like, decided on also earlier this week is that I'm going to actually... Look into going back to college next fall, like you did. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, did you do a master's program? Yeah, yeah, that's certainly what I went for. Yeah, yeah, that that's what I'm interested in doing this time too. Because it's like again, like it was kind of funny because I'm like, well, it, it kind of can come across as me being like, I really don't like my job in a sense, so that's why I want to go back to school, which is not entirely untrue. But also, it's like me being like, well, I'm not like eagerly like being like gonna leave right now and go for like the january semester or whatever the hell kind of deal like it's like no i should actually like stick with a job for a bit <laughs> at least for this next year kind of deal and also because like i mean basically i would think that like admissions for like the january uh semesters would basically be over by this point <laughs> so yeah i've been uh scouting out uh some of my old teachers that i could remember trying to see if they could write me letters of academic recommendation so that's something I saw from some of the colleges I checked at. Like one, the one I'm particularly leaning towards, like, does require two letters from teachers, which is weird. Cause also, like, they, let me. I want to bring it up real quick. I want to see what else they say. Uh, yeah, you need aside from the form, obviously, and your current resume for some reason. You need a statement of purpose that addresses why you're applying for the program and what led you to it. And because, like, I'm basically thinking of like going for like gender studies because it makes sense and also it's something I actually care about <laughs> uh, and want to actually do something with my life with regard to that. And then they also have, like, aside from the two letters and no resources, they have an analytical writing sample that focuses on gender or culture of studies, official transcripts of all, you know, undergrad and grad level courses, taking which makes sense. And 
it's, it's like a weird list that they have but at the same time like this college actually seems like they have at least pretty good um like pricing compared to some of the other ones i saw and also they admit like something like 83 percent of people or so that apply can deal so it's it's a weird one where it's like yeah not every one of them that i looked at have required that but other ones have so it's strange but it's like it can't hurt to have that right <laughs> <laughs> well i guess i don't yeah. know listen i went to school in canada and they required exactly one of those things so. <laughs> did they not was it just your uh previous college credits and stuff yeah it was just my transcript and then Makes i sense. had to take a test to prove i spoke english and... <laughs> yeah uh, well one of the one of the things i also skipped on here is t-o-e-f-l which i don't actually know what that is or duolingo scores if english is not the applicant's first language which is a little bit um, it makes sense but it's also amusing that they toss it in there being like yeah if you if you don't have english as your like you know uh first language please confirm to us that you actually can <laughs> Yeah, and the only reason I had to take the, the language test mm -hmm. was because I'm inter an international student. Make, makes so. sense, yeah, because, like, I mean, English and French are both, like, kind of interchangeably the language of Canada in a sense. Yeah. Yep. I could have taken it for English or French, but obviously I wasn't going to do French because, like... That, I mean, yeah, your master's program already is, like, challenge mode enough. <laughs> <laughs> like that is like you being like oh okay how can i make this even dumber it's like it's like basically trying to play dark souls level one no armor no weapon just punch everything well, to death uh, no i mean like the program would not have been in french oh, okay. it would be the okay. test <laughs> and i'm not gonna learn another language <laughs> to take a test when i have the option to take it in a language i already Unless. speak <laughs> just a just to dunk on the system <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, my partner's talking about maybe moving to Germany, Dang. so... That's a uh, difference. <laughs> it is, it is. But also, you, you grew but, up there, uh, right? <laughs> I spent a few years there when I was a kid, yeah. But, you know, more to the point, it's like, uh, not America right now. Mm, yeah. If you catch mm. my drift. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, it's one of those. Who would have thought that in the third sequel, Jeremy came back to the Yeah, third, right? <laughs> it really is, yeah. It, it's like, it's do that whole, like, oh, General Hux is the, is the spy kind of deal, but also it made, it actually makes fucking sense <laughs> rather than just being an asshole. Which I guess, like, yeah. I guess actually Hux <laughs> makes some amount of sense as far as, like, everything else in Rise of Skywalker just because he hates Kylo Ren's guts. And then he's been bullying him for like a year. Yeah. So I guess that kind of makes sense of like, I, I don't fucking care as long as that guy fucks off and dies or some shit. <laughs> like, I don't care what y'all win as long as he loses. <laughs> Which is like, I guess that when he says that, it's like, that kind of means that you kind of want the resistance to win, my guy. <laughs> he would be fine with the Nazis continue if like, just as, like, if only one Nazi dies, which is Kylo Ren, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that fucking movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, trying to think if there's really anything else that's been going on. It's mostly like my brain has been occupied with that, just looking around at stuff. Because like, turns out when you actually like really latch onto something, uh, you it's hard to let it go, kind of deal. Uh, that's the ADHD brain, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> 
that that do be how hyperfixation works. Yeah, yeah. Like I was even thinking of it being like, oh yeah, wow, I didn't actually play Sea of Stars in the last week, which is weird because like I've just been busy with other stuff. Which also looped me back around to like, how's early Thursday again? And it's like, well, I was busy Saturday because I'd go pick up the packages and then I was building the robot. And then Sunday is like when I had to go do grocery shopping and stuff. So like, and I cooked. And by the time I was done with that, it was almost time for when we were going to do the uh, weekly tabletop that we do. And then, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday mm-hmm. are just work days and everything. And it's like, well, in there I had to read the Kyoshi stuff. So it's like, eh, make, makes sense that I just haven't gotten a chance to play it since before then. <laughs> well, I'll get to it this weekend at least, just because <laughs> I have more time. But yeah, it's, it's a weird one where I was like, yeah, no, I haven't actually played like a... Well, I mean, aside from... I can talk about more Star Rail, because uh, <laughs> uh, so people haven't heard me talk about that <laughs> enough. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, it's like it's been a while, and also uh, <laughs> the newest character they put in is fucking busted as hell. Because <laughs> like, because uh, uh, like the thing is like Star Wars doesn't really have tank characters, but there is like a classic character called Preservation, which are mostly designed around like damage mitigation. So not like just like like uh, like there is actually like a thing in that <laughs> game where like those character classes and another one actually draw more aggro than the others, and like I think. Uh, the high crit uh, characters actually draw less aggro, I think. My One of my friends showed me this a while ago. But, like, uh, the new character, Fu, is basically, like, anytime allies take damage, she instead takes a portion of the damage for them. And uh, she can basically, once she gets below, like, 50% health, she basically is just, like, since her whole thing is, like, precognition or whatever is her power, so she's just like, hey, guess what? That wasn't actually me. Here's the real me. And she just basically reveals herself by, like, flipping over a coin, more or less. And it's like, here she is all along, and, like, she heals back to, like, most of her health in that go. <laughs> and that ability only has one charge, unless you upgrade her ult, which replenishes the charge. And so it's like, oh, wow, you don't even need healing characters anymore if you have food, because she'll just soak up all the damage from allies heal herself, reset the heal when she uses her ult, and also uh, one of her upgrades also heals allies a little bit when she uses her ult too. <laughs> so it's like, hmm. Unless this character basically goes from like beyond 50% health <laughs> to death in one shot, she just doesn't die. <laughs> Even then it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, wow, it's like kind of funny how with how powerful most of the characters they've added to the game since launch have been, you really don't need to worry about not pulling multiple copies of them to level up their, like, uh, what you call it? Because, like, most gashas have, like, the whole thing of, like, you get a copy of it and it's, like, that character feeds into the first one in, like, a different way. I forget what Pokemon Masters had, but, like, didn't this, in, like, this and also Genshin, it's, like, the same thing of, like, I think in Genshin they called them Constellation and this, it's, like, Eidolon, where they have, like, six ranks of it. Where it's like it just gives them like here's like a new buff they unlocked from like this own specific thing, sort of deal. So it's like you never have to really worry about that because the characters that they mostly have added since launch have like so fucking good anyway. <laughs> it's like, well, you don't because like I, I basically saved up uh the Stellar yeah. Jade, which is like the currency you trade to get the the pull tickets. Basically, I more or less had saved up since like May or so, I think. Because yeah, that sounds right. Because I think it was in like mid-May when they added Silver Wolf, which was the last character I actually pulled for. And then they basically just saved up for, like, four months straight. 
and had more than enough to get Fu and her like character specific uh they call them light cones. It's basically like the gear that they, like it's like a certain like gear that they equip where in Genshin it was like the weapon, which was a little strange because it's like the characters all use like one of like I think four or five different weapons. Yeah, it's five in Genshin because it's like sword, great sword, so and tome, I think it is. Compared to this, where it's like, eh, it's just a card. It just it just gives them buffs and stuff like that, <laughs> so that they just are better. And like some of them are like, this one is clearly for this character <laughs> kind of deal. So it's like, yeah, it's interesting. I'm so close to having a team that's just all quantum characters, which I could do because I actually did get the other quantum healer that they added. But that would mean I have to get rid of Bronya, who I had to save up for trying to get piece by piece until I could actually just pick her directly to have. <laughs> and then, of course, like, within a week after I actually did that and got Bronya that way, I did, like, a random pull at one point, just because I had, like, the free tickets built up to be a 10-pull, and I got another Bronya. So it's, like, me being like, well, that was fucking worth it. Thanks, Gacha Games. <laughs> That's But it's, like, she still is, like, the best, like, uh, support character in the game basically in terms of giving the party a bunch of buffs <laughs> so it's like me being like but also I don't want to separate her because I have her lesbian uh, girlfriend from the their other game in the party with her because that's Sila because like Bronya and Sila are like a whole thing, thing in their uh, impact third which I always have to hesitate because I'm always about to say third impact and it's like nope that's Evangelion <laughs> uh, I don't so know I it could be the same thing I don't think it is, because <laughs> it's Honkai Impact 3rd is the actual name of the game. <laughs> yeah, that could be the same thing. I don't think it is. I don't think it's supposed to... I don't think it's drawing from the same uh, whole myth of, like, the Dead Sea Scrolls and stuff like that. <laughs> what, you mean it didn't just rip off a lot of Kabbalah mysticism and pass it off mm. as original ideas? <laughs> I don't know if you're trying to, like, intentionally, like, call something out here. <laughs> no, it just... Evangelion, like, many, many series that use any kind of biblical mysticism, just no, kind of... Yeah, that's fair. ...use secret Kabbalah Jewish teachings, which you're not supposed to mm -hmm. use or even know about unless you're specific people, mm. which... Yeah. I don't <laughs> love, but... Eh, yeah. Like, it's it's a little late to be calling Evangelion out on that, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's, turns out there's a lot of stuff you could call Evangelion out on. Like, I get that it's, like, actually meant to be uncomfortable that they keep sexualizing the kids, but it's like, yeah, I get and understand that, but also I'm gonna just feel like it's fucking weird and creepy and shouldn't be in there anyway. <laughs> yeah, I get you're trying to make a point, but also, no thanks. That you don't you don't have to have the weird floating tube full of all the naked girls in there, please no. Yeah. But of course the other thing is, like, basically all of modern esoterica magic is at least draws from Kabbalah. Like fully the way tarot works is Kabbalah numerology, so Oh. Yeah. Gotcha. It's it's just all over our magical practices. Yay! Huzzah stealing. It's the greatest <laughs> magic of all. I mean, that's the American way, really, stealing. <laughs> uh, neck, I mean, Tarot's French, so... <laughs> I mean, just, like, as a whole, because Americans <laughs> steal a lot of shit. <laughs> I mean, again, it's, like, me having to, like, hold my tongue at work with not correcting people about it, not, like, 
most people not calling it Indigenous People's Day, and I'm just like, God, come on. <laughs> Do we really want to keep calling it after this guy who literally helped do a genocide on people, really? <laughs> like, he was he was a complete monster who was actually killing Native people. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I always remember, like, what he did was so fucked up that they actually had to, like, bring him back to Spain to stand trial. Remember? <laughs> or was it... <laughs> Was it Spain or, like, uh, was it Italy? I forget. It was, like, one of those countries, I think, in particular. Like, either the one he was from or the one that actually funded the expedition <laughs> was like, yo, hey, what the fuck, my guy? You gotta, you're on trial now because you were fucking over... I almost said first contact, and it's like, no, that's aliens. That's not first contact. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at some point, there would have had to be just first contact. <laughs> I, ge I guess in the equivalent, yeah, between, like, the air quotes civilized people and the native inhabitants of America. Yeah. <laughs> but every time people say first contact, I always think of space stuff. In particular, again, Mass Effect is the first contact war between the humans and Turians. <laughs> also, like Star Trek. It's like first contact is like an established thing that I feel like it's more of a sci fi kind of term rather than. Like, you could basically be like, oh, well, I met my boss for the first time today. First contact or whatever, and it's like, I don't think that works. <laughs> Okay, yes, broadly, it does mean contacting a civilization you've had no contact with before, but... I yeah. I'm just always thinking of a Viking account from, I want to say, like, 400 years before Columbus, where they sailed across to the New World and met people and just immediately got a bunch of arrows and spears thrown at them as so they left. <laughs> that was first contact, not... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, again, like, there's also, like, the fact that, it, that, like, in the years since, it's, like, actually, there were, like, tons of people that were to America before Columbus. Mm -hmm. he just, yeah. He's just the one we give the credit to for some fucking reason. Because he's the one who did the most murder, obviously. I guess. That's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't uh, know. I haven't done a ton this week. I started playing Cyberpunk again. Because Phantom Liberty came out, so obviously I had to start an entirely new game. And I mean, that's what I heard people say, like, even to the point where, like, CD Projekt has said, like, yeah, we've changed, like, to make a new game overall, as opposed to continue old character. Well, that's true. They did overhaul a lot of the game's systems with the 2.0 update, mm -hmm. and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... One of the biggest problems I have with it is that in the original edition of the game, you had the ability to do non-lethal damage pretty effectively. There was oh, a mod you could right, attach to your yeah. guns so that your bullets didn't kill people, or there was just a thing you could get, the like an eye installation, that would make it so you didn't kill anybody. And that's not yeah, a thing anymore. I, I, if you want to not kill people, you have to like skillfully shoot them anywhere yeah, but I their did heads. Hear, I did see you uh, mentioning this in the chat a few days ago, mm -hmm. and it's like, that's bad. That that seems like it's just taking away a lot of your different options in terms of like how you want to actually go about it, as opposed to like, well, I guess you could just murder. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it definitely adds a lot more challenge yeah. to the game. It, you basically cannot use assault weapons or machine guns unless you want to take the risk of accidentally mm. murdering. Meanwhile, I always think back to like when I was trying to play the the first Deus Ex reboot, where it's like I got through the entire game using non-lethal until there was like that bit with mm -hmm. like uh where like your helicopter gets shot down, the pilot lady is threatened or whatever, and then it's like I tried like at least three or four times to do that non-lethally, just trying to take people out. 
and I would always fail it mm-hmm. before she would die. And I was like, I, I guess I'm going to murder a bunch of people because I don't want the pilot lady to die. And then, to my knowledge, I don't think she comes back to the sequel anyway. <laughs> to be fair. Yeah, now I did manage to get through that non-lethally, but it doesn't actually matter because if you play through the entire game, you have to kill at least four people. Yeah, no yeah, yeah, there's still the boss fights, which are notoriously bad with that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't remember mm-hmm. if they fixed that for the sequel, and also, to be fair, they were not planning a sequel with the way that uh, the first day is actually boot, I, or Human Revolution actually ends, which is, like, very much, like, no matter what you <laughs> pick, there's, like... I mean, well, I guess there was. Like, I picked the one of, like... The one that's implied that Jensen's gonna die? I don't remember the full context, but I definitely remember that, and it's like, well, I guess that's it. And then they announced the sequel a few years later, and it's like, oh, okay, I guess not. I guess he's fine from that. <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, apparently, uh, separated from his girlfriend at the time. To be fair, I feel like she was up to some bad shit, right? <laughs> I forget. Probably. You know, it's a cyberpunk-style video game. Girlfriend is always yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh. Unless it's Cyberpunk 2077 and you're against Judy, who's the she's the trans girl, right? Uh, no. Uh, Claire is the trans character, and she's not a romance option. <laughs> Because her whole arc is that somebody murdered her husband, and she wants you to help uh, get revenge. Okay, I, I guess I can see it in that regard then. Of like, yeah, like probably not going to make her be a romance book character if she wants to avenge her previous partner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Un- unlike how you know, especially in like Fallout Four, I'm thinking of where it's like your character like makes such a big deal about their spouse being killed, and then you could just like basically go like. Eh, fuck him, fuck the baby, I'm gonna go ahead and, like, just kiss this lady instead. <laughs> yeah, actually, that is a thing. Um, it, I, Maybe I'm imagining it, but in the new edition of Cyberpunk, it feels way easier to do the Fallout thing and just ignore the main <laughs> I've gotten through, because at the beginning of the game, only one area is available to you, so mm-hmm. I played enough of the story to unlock the rest of the areas, and outside of that, I'm just goofing off. I already have legendary level equipment, and I haven't touched Quest 2. Fun. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, that that's just what, like, most of those kind of games are, in a sense. If you just go off the beaten path, you're going to find stuff that's way too powerful. And then, like, I mean, I, well, I, always, I always think... To some degree, but, but the, the main plot of Cyberpunk is that you're having your brain eaten by a Keanu Reeves-shaped oh, right. parasite. <laughs> yeah. And, from my recollection in the original edition, mm-hmm. then it was a lot more pressing and it like drove you to follow the story. But this time around, it's just kind of, uh, I mean, he's there. Yeah, it's it's like one of those things where it's like the story is trying to tell you that this is an important matter, but uh, the nature of the game says otherwise. <laughs> you know, again, like that's like one of the things that I'm finding about Baldur's Gate three of like characters being like, oh, the tadpole inside you could go n- nuclear at any moment, and you're just like. And I know it's not gonna. This person in the fucking cube or whatever, the fucking spiky D20 is keeping me safe. I'm good. <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry about it. Hey, yeah, speaking of game developers, can we please stop having games about how there's a thing in your brain that's slowly killing you that could happen at any moment? I don't love it. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting approach with that. <laughs> yeah, not a fan. But yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's always one. It's always it's one of those things too that I remember a lot from like Xenoblade Three, where it's like 
you find out early on that like Mio only has like three months to live based on the stupid like uh time clock things that the people have on them like tattooed into their skin and it's like you can play that game for so fucking long and like get so, so uh, sidetracked off the beaten path and it's like the game never addresses like the fact that it's like hey uh maybe we should you know get to the main plot to try to find a way to not let Mio die uh hey maybe we should do that and it's like eh eh doesn't matter <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just... Listen, I get that it's a metaphor yeah. for brain cancer, okay? I get it. But also, mm-hmm. the fact that both of these games decided to run with, actually, this thing is a totally different personality, and it's just going to erase you and walk away with your body. That is... Uh, maybe it's because of a childhood spent with the Animorphs, but that is, like, my number one no-no. Thank you. Stop <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, it's, like, one of those silly things where it's, like, it's it's a video game, it has to have that bit of disconnect if you want to just go off the beaten path and explore. It's, like, you know, again, like, the whole, like, oh, Link, you gotta train up again after you're, you've are you been dead for 100 years, you can beat Ganon, and it's, like, eh. She's waited 100 years, she can wait, like, another, like, half a year while I fuck <laughs> about, right? <laughs> She'll be fine. <laughs> made it more egregious in Tears of the Kingdom, I feel, when it's like, oh, well, you know, dehydrated man is back, and it's like, eh! I mean, he doesn't even have any water. He's, like, what threat would he be? Well, he gets rehydrated when you go to fight him in the final boss, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, it takes him the entire game to get some water. Like, come on. This yeah, guy yeah, is not exa- exactly, yeah. Just go to the fridge, bro. Well, I mean, like, he ends up... I mean, he makes Hyrule Castle fly up into the sky and also make a big hole there, and it's like, well, I mean, you're in that deep hole, so it's like, what's the likelihood you're going to find water down there? <laughs> like, just, the, uh, where's, I, I think I actually said they're not doing it, but it's like, where's the Ganondorf DLC of, like, just basically being like, look for water is, like, your one objective, and it's just you going around, just, like, basically being like, oh, every time I take an extra day to find water to get hydrated again, that fucking twink is getting stronger to fight me. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> that is not at all anything sounding like Matt Mercer, but I can't sound like Matt Mercer. <laughs> I mean, I feel like a lot of people can't do it. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Stuff. Yeah, no. Listen, I think I would very much enjoy playing Ganondorf in The Curse of Tantalus. <laughs> <laughs> Just... Just him, like, always thinking he's gonna find water. Like, he, he finally, like, emerges somewhere out in the overworld, and he sees, like, a well. He runs over, and it's, like, there's just a Goron that just, like, rolls up and, like, pushes him out of the way and just dunks his head in there <laughs> to drink it all. He's like, come on, really? <laughs> Don't you know who I am? It's like, no, actually, because of whatever the fuck is going on with the timeline by the time of Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> Nobody does. Yeah. That's one thing I for- remember about that game, even though I never finished it, but I've heard nobody- I've heard people bring this up before. Nobody actually acknowledges the fact that there's another m- guy with the same name as the Calamity bullshit <laughs> just hanging out underneath Hyrule Castle, apparently, all the time. <laughs> so it's like, what the, what the fuck's going on there? Like, you killed Calamity again, and then it's like, oh, like, even, like, 
mention like oh he's given up on reincarnation to just try to fuck us over one last time and then Zelda just blast him to bits and it's like well Calamity Ganon's done but Ganondorf's still there and Ganon and Ganondorf I thought we're gonna be we're supposed to be the same person here because that's usually like he usually is Pig Ganon most of the time it was only Ocarina that started being like no this was actually a guy once before he like became Demon Lord stuff <laughs> but it's like usually even in other games where he's a dude, he turns into the pig. And in this one, it's like, well, maybe it's just happened so many times that he's turned into this giant pig monster and lost his mind, like, fully. But also, he's still also here, so... <laughs> I mean, I don't... Listen, all that stuff, I don't know his anymore. I just know that, yeah, we had one bad guy in charge named Donald. That's not going to make me hate every Donnie from now <laughs> I on. guess. But it's like, it's too on the nose with especially Lincoln Gatton, like, it, not Lincoln, Link and Zelda not acknowledging it. Where it's like, again, Zelda spent like a hundred years while Link was recovering from being dead, trying to hold back Calamity Ganon. And then they work together and kill that guy. And then like three years later, or whatever it is, they find this other dude in the basement <laughs> who has the same name but added dwarf at the end. <laughs> and it's like none of them never them look at each other and be like, didn't we fucking deal with this guy? Who what's this? <laughs> I thought we done I thought we did this already. <laughs> Who's this guy? Okay, you know what? I have to amend the previous statement because if I ever meet someone named Donald Dwarf, I am definitely not trusting that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wait, hang on. I gotta, I gotta do a Google real <laughs> <laughs> Are, are we putting two Ds in it? Is it Donald Dwarf with two Ds, like, between Donald and Dwarf, or is it just Donald Dwarf? <laughs> I mean, I assumed it would be one word, because that's how it works for Ganondorf. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Uh, there, there is a Donald Orf on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see that guy? You can't trust that guy. <laughs> Uh, let's see, uh, what's your deal? Uh, interior design student at Oklahoma State University. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry to this guy for calling him out, I guess. Yeah, that guy. Like, don't trust that guy. He's definitely gonna try to take over the <laughs> By blasting the White House into the sky or something, I don't know. Yeah, he's he's gonna put up his fist and like there's gonna be a glowing triangle on it. It's definitely not a tattoo. It's for reals, these guys. <laughs> and to be fair, the Triforce stuff is also weird and wonky. By the time of that, I'm pretty sure Zelda has all of it somehow. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> Nobody, I don't think Nintendo themselves even know what they're going for. Even when they were like, this game is at the end of all the timelines, and it's like, how? How, how does that work, <laughs> Nintendo? You can't have both the Zora and the Ruto because. Or Rito? No, Rito. Yeah, Rito is uh, from the princess from the Zora. Because the Rito are descended from the Zora over the course of hundreds or thousands of years or whatever. They evolved into bird people instead of fish people. I don't know how that fucking works, but it happens. Because of uh, how... Take the... your word for it. It's, it's something they get into in Wind Waker. Because, like, the descendant of, like, the, the bird sage girl, her descendant, it, her uh, ancestor is a Zora. So it's like, well, okay, well, I guess that makes sense. Cause, also, because, like, I mean, they are the Rito when, like, from Princess Ruto from Ocarina of Time, who's the Zora princess and the Water Shades lady. So I don't think Nintendo themselves are even sure what the fuck they're doing. They're just like, eh, whatever, I guess we'll throw it all together. <laughs> yeah, who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, so I don't know. That's uh, that's that's cyberpunk is pretty much it. That and like work and dissociating and i don't have any good work stories because i work at home by myself so. yeah yeah it's a little i mean to be fair i don't really have any at work just because it's like i'm just sitting there on the computer with my headphones on not paying attention to what's going around around me besides just doing what i gotta do i mean okay yeah but you have co-workers to complain about i just have me and the cat True. I do have a lot of coworkers, none of, only one of which I've ever seen wear a mask besides myself. <laughs> now I will admit, I don't wear a mask to work, but also I work in my bedroom, so. <laughs> yeah, you work at home. That's the difference. <laughs> yeah, it's like you don't have to wear a mask if you're just hanging out at your home. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of people who want to be hanging out at their home but can't, uh, shall we get into our story this week? <laughs> <laughs> That's that's a hell of a segue, but it is accurate. So I'm working. You should. On, I'm doing my best. Um, yeah. Uh, so my chapter this week is chapter eleven, the inheritance. Uh, we open with a flashback. So y'all might remember at the end of last chapter, uh, Jeonju murdered Kelsong just brutally after having already murdered Yun. And uh, Kyoshi freaked out, and the last thing we closed on was her entering the Avatar state. So this chapter, we open with a flashback to Kyoshi, 10 years old, who's watching basically a fireworks display, except she doesn't get to see the display, because even though it's in town, she is lying on the floor of a tool shed because she is sick and cannot go outside. And eventually she gets, uh, yeah. like, woken up by the fever, and she's just staggering around in a horrible daze because, she, the, you know, the fever is making her do things. And she finds the place where all the fireworks have been set off the previous night, and it's just a mess because, you know, gunpowder and acidity and the, the whole place is scarred and burned, and it, it mentions that their water here has turned black from all the ash and... It's a mess. And, of course, in her fever state, she thinks that they're going to blame her for doing this, so she runs away really fast. Uh, I mean, to be fair, that's that's not even, like, particularly, like, feverish kids or even Kyoshi. That's most children, mostly thinking that I'm going to get blamed for stuff. <laughs> yeah. But the reason for that is because uh, when Kyoshi wakes up in our time... She thinks that she's basically in that same situation because she doesn't remember the Avatar state at all, but she does know that she has woken up and the landscape is just all kinds of messed up. She also intrinsically knows that she must have been in the Avatar state because like, she calls it out by name. <laughs> well, she was told a couple chapters ago that the Avatar state was a horrific, super-violent state. True, that... but... But they didn't tell her, like, you know, your eyes glow and, like, you know, you might not be conscious during it kind of deal. Well, no, but I don't think she knew her eyes were glowing. It's like, you can't see yourself from the outside. I get. well, I, I didn't she, like, describe it as, like, she could feel the glow emerging from behind her eyes or something? Hmm. Or something like that. Um, on, let me scroll back see. up. Yeah, the last thing Kyoshi saw before the white glow behind her eyes took over her entire being. So, kind of seems like... I guess, yeah, maybe she didn't see it there. Yeah. Maybe she just... I mean, again, that's the difference between, like, obviously this is not, like, a first-person point-of-view book, so it's not like she's narrating every single thing that she noticed. It's, like, sometimes it's just the camera telling us stuff. Yeah. 
So, yeah, no, she has just truly annihilated this place. There was a forest here, and she's just ripped all the trees out by the trunks, and she's fully knocked hills over, so there aren't hills there anymore. And <laughs> uh, most crucially, uh, Kelsong's body isn't here, because she completely annihilated his body in her rage. <laughs> I didn't know it was possible to kill a person again while they were still a corpse, but she sure did so, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, another um, 07 to Kel song, I guess. <laughs> she hears just this horrible pained scream and doesn't realize at first, but it's her screaming. And eventually she just drops to the ground crying because she feels like she did all this. Because once again, her guilt is just overwhelming. Guilt is Kiyoshi's primary emotion so far in but this book. Kiyoshi, you really didn't do anything wrong. You're just kind of a dumb teenager at times. You're just a nervous wreck because you have trauma. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, she blames herself for this because she said mean things to Kelsong before they left. So, um... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, hey, I did call that shot now, didn't I? It's like, as soon as she, like, you know, accused him of basically just using her as a redo to make himself important and, like, teaching an avatar, I was, like, full-on, like, she's not gonna get the chance to apologize for this. He's definitely gonna die in the next chapter or two now, mm -hmm. isn't he? Yep. <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> well, darn. <laughs> but, yeah, see, because the thing is, is that, uh, Kelsong basically adopted her when she was a kid, after her parents sold mm -hmm. her or whatever it was they did, and uh, she pushed him away, and so the universe took him back, because you don't get to keep a miracle if you push it away. So that's that's her mindset here, and uh, <laughs> it's wrong, but boy, this poor kid. Um, and then uh, something starts to come up from below the ground. Uh, Apparently, apparently, Jeonju, rather than stick around and be annihilated by the Avatar, uh, tunneled down into the Earth and hid down there, and somehow she couldn't I, follow him. Y y I have questions yep. about this. How did he not, like, when Kiyoshi went into the Avatar state, how would she not be able to just, like, crush him with, like, an earthquake while he goes underground? Yeah, something? I know, right? All you would have to do is push the surface of the earth down like, a few I feet. Get, I get, like, I get that, like, you know, he is an accomplished earthbender and can, like, neutralize other earthbending and everything. But we've seen that even the most accomplished, like, benders of their time are absolutely fucked against an avatar in the avatar state. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, Ozai absolutely got uh, dunked on, like, uh, various characters throughout all of, like, the history of, uh, Korra, which some I can't say names of, because you haven't seen that far, <laughs> but it's, like, there's, like, multiple times where it's, like, yeah, no, you might be able to fight the Avatar one-on-one -on -one when they're not in the Avatar state, to be fair, most of the time, it's because the Avatar is a teenager and you are an old person, <laughs> <laughs> so you just have had literal decades more time to train, but it's, like, once they pop out the Avatar state and throw, uh, like, a thousand lifetimes worth of skill and expertise at you, you're fucked, and it's, like, I get that he would be able to try to hold back an earthquake a little bit under the best of circumstances, but it's like, I feel like she would win out if she was trying to just crush him when he was on the ground. Yeah, I mean, like, this doesn't even need an earthquake, really. All you have to do is pick an area, like, in the Avatar state, it would be truly nothing to take a even, like, a mile-radius circle of Earth and just push it down. That's all it would take. Yeah, just compact it. You don't even need to, like, make it fold in on itself. Uh-huh. So... I don't know if this is getting to spoiler territory for these books, but 
in these books, do we see Kiyoshi ever lava bend? Uh, I don't... Or is that just something we only saw in the show, like, briefly? I'm gonna be honest, I don't remember her doing that in these books. It's possible, but if it does happen, it's so brief that it's barely even a thing. Hmm. Okay, yeah, because, like, I remember, like, for the longest time, like, people thought that she was just offending really good, and, like, it just... I mean, she split off the mainland of an island, to be <laughs> fair, so it's, like, there possibly being lava as a result was, like, not unheard of, yeah. but then it's, like, only later... Like, it's only way later on in... I'm pretty sure, actually, by the time of Korra that it actually gets named as Lava Bending. Like, it's, I think it's in Book 3 of Korra where people are like, Oh, yeah, that's Lava Bending. Yeah. That's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, like, Korra Season 3, for the most part, uh, I guess not from, like, Bloodbending earlier on in other, the other show and everything, Korra Season 3, for the most part, is like, here's how fucked bending can be in all the aspects. I mean, I guess we all suck at mushroom bending, so it's like, there is that too, but it's like, that was basically like, here's how fucked earth bending and air bending can be in particular now. <laughs> yeah. Yep, uh, apparently there's only one known lava bender by the time that Korra season 4 ended. <laughs> Which, yeah, makes sense. Because I can think of him, I can think of that character off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it does credit Kiyoshi as using lava bending in the, in the wiki, at least. Okay. At the first, the first, who is this? The first known use of lava bending was by Avatar Zetso? S-Z-E-T-O? Fire Nation. Oh, Fire Nation Avatar preceding Avatar Yang Chen. Never heard of this guy, but yeah. Might have been he's in the Yang Chen books. Uh, potentially, yeah. He's he's a dude with a goatee. <laughs> Aren't they all? Uh... Uh, he actually he was in the show. This this picture of him is from the show with like uh, past lives of Avatars. Oh, hmm. Because you can definitely see, uh, I believe that would be, that's either Aang or Yang Chen, just because it's an airbender since they have the top of the tattoo visible, and like that would be Kiyoshi next to them. So it's probably Yang Chen. I'd imagine this is the view of all the different past lives. Yeah, probably. I mean, I, I think they usually go in chronological order, so. Yeah. It makes sense. Although, Kiyoshi shouldn't be standing next to Yang Chen, because Korok should be between them, so. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Like, look, across, like, thousand lifetimes, eventually the avatars themselves might actually forget what order they should be, like, standing <laughs> in. <laughs> Do you think there are clicks in the avatar, like, cycles, like... <laughs> in, the, in the avatar brain cell, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, haven't we... We've already established that there must be, right? Because yeah. of, like, the one that, like, wants to play Paisho all the time, <laughs> with Kiyoshi just screaming at others to, like, just fucking end it all and have the avatar cycle stop so she can be free of that. Right. <laughs> right, yeah, no, we've established this to be canon. Yeah, <laughs> I just, not. like, does, does Kiyoshi <laughs> hang out with Kurok and Yang Chen and then just scoff at a different group, or...? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe. She she might, like, when she does, like, finally die and everything, she might be like, Hey, Kurok, I used to be, kind of pin a lot of the blame on you, but, uh, it turns out it was your teacher. It's not really you, huh? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I can see that now, now that I'm dead. <laughs> Good enough time, though. Hey, man, we both knew the same terrible people. We should be besties. This won't go wrong at all. Yay! Also, I, I, also, I Kiyoshi, lived to be, like... Fucking what, like uh, eight times your li lifespan? <laughs> right, because Kuruk died at thirty-three, right? Yep. And like Kyoshi was like over two hundred. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think she was like two hundred twenty something. 
Some, that sounds right, yeah, I think it was 220-ish. Mm -hmm. It's kind of funny how it's like you have like one of the shortest-lived avatars immediately followed by one of the longest-lived avatars. <laughs> like, every time Kiyoshi feels like she's on her deathbed, she's like, No, fuck that, I gotta stay alive, I gotta just- I gotta make it funny for the historians that I'm like, I would be right after the guy who croaked really early on. <laughs> uh, 230. 230 is how old she lived to be. Dang. <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, we we should continue uh, on. Yeah. Uh, it's it's again. I don't know how Zhu doesn't just die <laughs> immediately here. Yeah. Well, especially because like he is apparently close enough to the surface to know that the Avatar state is over, and so he's yeah, coming he also, back. Yeah. Also, that it's not like he like burrowed like a mile underground or something just to be like she she can't find me if I'm just that far enough away. He's like twenty uh -huh. feet under. <laughs> To be able to tell that yep. she stopped. I mean, I guess maybe he has like something of like a tremor sense in a sense, like uh, like what Toph has, where it's like he's like, okay, shit, shit has like stopped up there, so like she must have exited the Avatar state kind of deal. But it's like it's, <laughs> still, he doesn't seem too far away considering that like the ground is moving around as he's trying to get himself out. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely at least fairly deep in there. Because when she realizes that he's coming back, Kiyoshi runs away, and she's able to get all the way back to Peng Peng before she... Uh, yeah. Like, he doesn't reach the surface and catch her, you know? Also, also because I was listening to a book and need a correction, uh, the name is actually pronounced Pong Pong. Not, like, more like the word Pong instead of Peng, like Penguin. At least that's how. I that's appreciate how... that, but I would have appreciated it more before I said it a bunch of times. Uh, well, that, to be fair, again, to be fair, I only actually noticed it when I was listening to these chapters. It wasn't like I listened. It wasn't like I knew all this throughout all the books so far because I've also been mispronouncing <laughs> it. <laughs> I've also been saying ping ping, so it's like I just wanted to get that out of the way. It's ping pong, yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. We are two so, white um, Americans. We can't, we don't know pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying uh, our best. <laughs> I mean, if you want to get technical about it, I'm British, so I'm even worse at pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We're still two of the whitest people around, though, is the thing. <laughs> <sighs> But yes, um, so Pong Pong is, I'm sorry, I hate saying that, because Pong in England is slang for stinky, so <laughs> saying Pong Pong is, this I is mean, a really Sky stinky Bison, buffalo. Sky Bison are actually canonically pretty stinky, though, is the thing. <laughs> that comes up yeah, multiple- but it feels mean to call the buffalo stinky stinky. And that's what Kelsong called her. <laughs> also, I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure, based on the text, I think uh, Pong Pong is a girl, right? <laughs> I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think they, I, thought, I was pretty sure they used her pronouns for Pong Pong. They sure do. Um, so she is like upset. She's angry. She's she's in a bison panic, so to speak. And Kyoshi doesn't super know why. She like maybe she felt the connection with Kelsong dissipate. Maybe there's a mystic thing there, or maybe it's just because his blood is all over Kyoshi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kiyoshi, when you're in the Avatar state, you should have wore your bent a little bit just to wash yourself off. I do feel like, I mean, <laughs> she annihilated his body so thoroughly, there's nothing left, and yet she's covered in his blood. Oh, I, I don't. I, I read that, you could have gone no, a little no, further, see, I, you know? I read that as in she got covered in his blood because she was, like, right behind him when Zhang Ju slit his throat. 
So I, I read that like that happened that before, like then before she went to the Avatar state, not while she was in the Avatar state rampaging around and destroyed Kelsang's body. <laughs> well, she did do that. That was mentioned earlier. But true, yeah, but, but but I but I read it as like she got covered in blood before she destroyed his corpse, as opposed to during. <laughs> I mean, she might have got covered in more, but still. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'm just like Avatar, Avatar State Kyoshi. You could at least put a little more effort into this. You know what I mean? If you're gonna destroy the body, destroy the whole body. <laughs> Kyoshi, you're not gonna get blamed for his murder. I, well, may, maybe actually, maybe not. <laughs> uh, you don't have to destroy the corpse at the least. <laughs> yes. Um. So because she's panicking, Kyoshi like begs Pong Pong for help and. Kyoshi's able to climb up on her back, and she, like, takes off, she's heading back home, except Kyoshi has to remind herself that it's not home, not anymore, not after what just happened, so they're just going back to Yokoya. And, um, yeah, Pong Pong knows the way, so she doesn't need any kind of steering or guidance, which is convenient, because, like, how many times have Buffalo just <laughs> needed someone to pilot them, even when everyone yeah, was trying that's, to sleep? That's, that's one of the things that I never fully understood with Avatar as a whole, because, like, again, like you say, like, sometimes the bison just know the way instinctively, and other times, like, mm -hmm. somebody's at the reins trying to navigate them. Well, like, I think in this case, Pong Pong has been back to Yokoya so many times, it's, like, home, right? Yeah, I guess. But... Other times, when it was Appa or wherever, Appa was just kind of going all over the place. <laughs> that's that's true, yeah. I mean, also, to be fair, like, in that case, it's like, well, the world also kind of did change over the course of the hundred years that Ong and uh, Appa were frozen. Yeah. Wait, did, fuck, I just said Ong. No, that's that's a fucking terrible pronunciation in the, in the fucking the movie adaptation. It's Ang. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Why did I say Ong? <laughs> uh, no idea? I think, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm second-guessing myself on all the name pronunciations because of the audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's possible. It is certainly spelled in a way that would make an English speaker assume Ong, because the double A should be long, but... I mean, I guess I guess that's why M. Night Shyamalan assumed as much, but it's like... But he had to have seen the show to actually adapt most of the show's plot lines into the movie. So it's not like, if you just read the script. It's it. <laughs> I guess, but it's like you have you have to have seen at least a clip or something saying "ang," right? But I guess not. <laughs> but, <laughs> Ugh, I don't know. But yes, um, so they are heading off, and I'm. It's very possible, you know, Sky Bison might have an internal compass like birds do that can just magnetically direct them where they need to go if they know where they're going, but they have to know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Anything's possible. It's 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 a magic world. Um, <laughs> uh, we get another little flashback as Kyoshi sort of sleeps on Pong Pong's back while they're flying, and it's it's right back to where that, that same summer where the fireworks were, and she'd been so horribly sick, and Kelsong comes back to the village because basically he had paid this farmer to take care of Kiyoshi while he was gone, but uh, she was so sick uh, that she turned white instead of being a person of color. So obviously she was super. <laughs> oh not no, well taken care Kiyoshi, of. the one white Kiyoshi is the one white person in all of the Avatar world. <laughs> yeah, she was obviously not well taken care of, and Kelsong had promised that he would never leave her for that long again. But, um, 
She's been so, you know, well taken care of, I guess, by him. But he takes her in, and eventually she just basically forgets being sick entirely because, uh, you know, the kids are all flying kites now. That's that's the new thing that everyone's doing, which seems a little weird to me. I feel like kites are less of a craze. I mean, that's just a toy that's pretty common when you don't have like advanced. Technology I mean, I, mean I, can't, I can't, I, I can't recall there being a kite craze when I was a kid. But also, to be fair, that was like twenty plus years ago. I guess no, I guess even just like twenty years ago, I was a teenager. So it's like I don't know. I've, 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 in my lifetime, I've only flown a kite a handful of times because most of the time, when you have one, it's like there's no wind uh -huh. anyway. So it's like, well, too bad. But it's like, yeah, I don't know. I've Maybe it's just a cultural thing, or maybe it's just because these kids don't have the internet, obviously, well, that they need to make their own fun. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm trying to get at, right? Is that kites are a super common toy in, in like, mm -hmm. civilizations and cultures that don't have the ability to mass-produce things. So I wouldn't expect this to be a craze as much as a thing that just always happens, you know? Yeah. But regardless, it is suddenly popping up in Yokoya, and people are flying kites all over the place, and of course Kiyoshi wants to do that because all the other kids are doing it, and uh, she doesn't know how, is the thing, and no one will teach her because she is the orphan child who they all spit on. <laughs> Which I am laughing about, but it is basically how Yokoya treats her. Yeah, um, she, she really just has to fucking level Yokoya at some point in these two books. That's my hope. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so Kelsong noticed her, like, watching the kites longingly, and they came up with a plan, which was that they tied a rope to his waist, and he went up on his glider and let her steer him around, and they had a lot of fun, and it's a good memory. And, this, you know... This, this is a very cute little bit, which is also, I know, designed to make it even more tragic that she didn't get to apologize to him. <laughs> it really is. That's that's the yeah, whole point of that's, this Yeah, that's the reason this is here. Like, hey, you remember how much it was cute that Kelsong actually cared about her when nobody else did? Here's another little vignette about that. Also, he's fucking dead. <laughs> I kind of wish we got this a little earlier, if I'm honest, because before he died, so much of what Kelsong was was just, like, a guy. I don't really feel like we had the depth of their emotional connection until, yeah, like, right before I... he died. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I feel like if it was earlier, then it wouldn't, like, I mean, from, like, I feel like the first episode of covering this book, I was like, Kelsong's gonna fucking die at some point. He's the old mentor figure, and also they adopt the dad. He's definitely gonna die. But I feel <laughs> like if they had this bit in there earlier, it would just convince me even more, like, he's gonna fucking die in, like, two chapters. Why are they doing this? They, they're they playing their <laughs> hand entirely. I know this is how it's gonna go now. <laughs> We've just been so inundated to just believing that anybody who teaches or cares about a kid is gonna fucking die. <laughs> That's how it works in Avatar World. <laughs> that, I mean, that's how it works in media, really. <laughs> I mean, like, ever since Obi-Wan fucking ate shit, uh, intentionally, to be fair, but still, he did eat shit. It's like, ever since then, it's like, well, yep, it's all hands, it's all, it's all out the window now. Every mentor's gonna die. And obviously, I know that, like, uh, you know, Gandalf had that happen before in the books because the books released way before but like i'm mostly thinking in terms of like how people actually think about lord of rings which is mostly the movies <laughs> yeah but i mean gandalf didn't really die though yes his I mortal mean, shell was yes. disrupted <laughs> but he just went back to the lands of the undying and he was granted a new shell by the 
Yeah, you know, it's a whole... Yeah, but you get what I mean. He did seemingly die during that first movie, and then they cut back to that, and it's like, he does bring up, like, oh, yeah, I, I fucking died. <laughs> and I got better. It's fine. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, he didn't die. He just, his mortal shell he, was he destroyed. He specifically says that, like, his body was busted upon the hill or whatever the fuck his term he said. <laughs> and, like, you see him just, like, lay on his back and, like, air quotes, die before he just breathes again, being like, oh, I, I guess I got white hair now. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, 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 like I say, his mortal form was disrupted, and he went back to the land of the Maior, and <laughs> they, they, they tell me... There he sat counsel from his fellow Istari, and was granted a new form, and was... <laughs> Him just sitting down with Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas being like, so how come it took you a while to come back? And he's like, well, I, sp I spent like an extra couple hours, if not days, in the fucking character creator this time, and all I settled on was white hair. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to, I didn't, I like had a different look going on, but then I was like, oh, you're not going to re recognize me if I look entirely different. So I had to go back to my old character design and it's just like, well, I still want to change it up a little bit. So I went white hair this time. Oh, yeah, because he had to, he had to consult with the Valar and convince them to give him a new body and like convince God. them to give him the promotion. I can't even, I can't, and... I can't even blame you for this. I didn't tell her to run It was me who did this. <laughs> I mean, I let it slide last time you did this, but you did it twice. I wasn't gonna. <laughs> You're like, sorry, Vi, you get one. <laughs> if you're gonna do it again, that's on you. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, yes, anyway. Back in the present, um, Kiyoshi's awake again, and it's just starting to rain as they fly down into Yokoya. And um, they arrive at the mansion right as the storm begins in earnest. So, um,. Kyoshi basically just leaves Peng Pong Pong by the stables, and the mud is already ankle deep. She's having to slog through, and again, she's seven feet tall, so ankle deep is like eight inches for her. Um, <laughs> At least probably a foot, actually. <laughs> Kyoshi wears a size 17 shoe. <laughs> hmm. Oh, I need to Google some stuff right now. <laughs> like, how how big of a shoe size would a seven foot tall person have? <laughs> yeah, let me. Uh, apparently, six foot three and taller is thirteen to twenty, well, which I did not realize they made upwards of twenty size shoes. <laughs> I, I feel like that's a uh, um a, a weird estimation, but yeah. Also, I think this might just be for men's size. That's probably fair. I think. Um, yeah. Where's his name? I'm having to look up records of, like, NBA players because there's a specific person I have. <laughs> um, to, to be able to Google his shoe size. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, let's see. Here we go. Uh, I mean, this this uh, this chart at least seems to be a little accurate because, like, it says 5 for 5 or shorter is usually 7 to 9 men's, and, it's like, I was basically, like, a 9 and a half in men's, which is why, like, it basically becomes, like, an 11 in women's. Because it's usually just like adding one and a half inches, I think. Okay, so now I know who I'm looking for. The person who is apparently analogous to Kyoshin's height, blah 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 blah, does not have a shoe size listed. Fantastic. Alright, you know what? I'm just gonna cut this whole bit. 
Or actually, maybe I won't, because you might be editing this episode, so it'll be up to you. (laughs) (laughs) Left in because of laziness slash inexperience. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just see how that goes. Um, Anyway, uh, she's just stomping through this mud and gets into the mansion, and she thinks about how she must look like a swamp ghost, which I can only imagine is... Sadako from the ring, but seven feet tall, and... (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think Kiyoshi at seven foot tall could climb through a TV, though. (laughs) Well, maybe it was a big screen. Um, So Rangi's waiting for her by the servant's entrance, and she's mad because, of course, where were they? They didn't tell anyone they were leaving. Where'd everybody go? And, um... This scene is a little weird to me, because... Kyoshi just stands here and tells her everything, apparently, and the paragraph is just, Kyoshi told her everything. Like, that's that's the sentence. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of an easy cop-out. It is, but of, also, like, you have to imagine video. soaking wet, gigantic Kyoshi, hair all over the place, stomping in through the rain, and just kind of standing here, despite her panic. <laughs> yeah, she she's in a freaking panic and trying to just blurt out everything, basically. Yeah. Also, sorry, I, I stand corrected. I don't think Kyoshi could squeeze out of a mover screen, not a TV screen, because TVs don't exist by the time of even Korra. But movers do, <laughs> because that's that's Farrick making movies. Hmm. <laughs> to be fair, she could jump out of one of those, actually. <laughs> but I had to correct myself, because TV isn't even a thing by the time of Korra's time. <laughs> Yet, movies are. <laughs> Right. Uh, I, I don't know. It just. Because it, it says that she says. Tells Ronki everything. Like the, the sacrifice thing and the murder in Kelsung and the Avatar state. And like. That just feels way too calm for the mood that she's supposed to be in, is all. Um, hmm. Ronki, of course, doesn't really believe this. She's like. Th- th- this can't. Obviously, Chanju wouldn't do that. That doesn't make sense. This has to be a, a misunderstanding. And. Oh, I mean, there was a spirit involved. Maybe this was all hallucination. Maybe it put visions in your head, or, but um, yeah, she she she's fully just trying to. The quote here is, "Will a different reality into existence," which brutal. But um, mm-hmm. Kyoshi just fully yells at her, "They're dead. I have to go," and leaves. <laughs> so. <laughs> she's like okay well if you're gonna believe that i i got shit to do <laughs> yeah, and again she she's been thinking all this time about how she's broken everything and it's all her fault and she's lost her whole life and after yelling this she sees rangi's expression and realizes oh well there was one more thing that i still had but now i've broken that too so good job me <sighs> yay <laughs> Also, again, Kiyoshi, to be fair, you didn't really break any bait. It was just the fucking circumstances of the whole bullshit because Janju can't ever actually admit to being wrong <laughs> and can't and has no chill. <laughs> <laughs> I think if he had any chill, there wouldn't be a book here. I mean, yeah, to be fair, because like, he is, at this point, the antagonist of the book. <laughs> Like he was, if he was able to be a calm, rational individual, I feel like uh, none of this would be going on at all. <laughs> they would have taken the time needed, even if it took way longer to finally figure out that Kyoshi was the Avatar way earlier 
than just being like, I guess it's this guy instead. <laughs> Yay. Oh, what's that? You can't do any other bending? Eh, I'm sure that's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Look, just don't, just don't ever show anybody any of that other stuff that you can't do, and it'll be okay. Yeah. I'd rather be, I'd rather be uh, right than wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, anyone can be the Avatar as long as they have a good enough kayfabe team. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy does that work on being the president <laughs> although i guess to be fair nobody who actually wants to be the president should actually be president because presidents are a bunch of uh war crime committing assholes. that is usually the way that works um yep yeah so she, back in her room kiyoshi is able to fit everything she owns in one bag which ouch but she's been a servant for so long that she just doesn't have anything. All her clothes and the little turtle and the uh, the green armor outfit that she got given for the iceberg mission. For whatever reason, no one ever took that back. So she's just got that. And she doesn't really like it because Jeonju gave it to her and she doesn't want to be wearing the thing that he gave her. But she's going to wear it for the next 200 years. So don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, she is. <laughs> I mean, hey, to be fair, it's still armor, even if it came from a not-great place. Yeah, yeah. I, I assume she gets more of these. It probably isn't the same one that whole time, right? Yeah, I would hope, yeah, once she's actually situated as the Avatar, she goes to, like, a Master Blacksmith or something, being like, hey, could you make this just exactly like this, <laughs> but made by you instead of that fucker? Please. No, listen, you need to understand, This is my it's my Batman costume. I can't go out without my uniform. <laughs> <laughs> like even if you want to melt this one down and just remake it that's fine <laughs> yeah i mean it's, at that point it's just a group of metal so it's like it really can't just be decipherable from any other group of metal i guess <laughs> yeah um so of course she's also got that journal that she's been holding on to for all this time and she has a brief moment where she's grateful that she never like actually destroyed it as much as she wanted to because well it may be bad if she gets caught with it like right now it's the only weapon she has against jianju and so she takes all of her stuff in one bag in one arm and then with her other hand she grabs the trunk that mysterious trunk she's been ominous about this whole book and drags it out into the hall and um because she's just dragging it she's just scratching the heck out of the floors that she once polished <laughs> yep I mean, to be fair, why would she give a fuck at this point? Yeah, no, like, absolutely. Do all the damage you can to Jianju's house, but also, you polish these floors, girl. <laughs> well, I mean, that was before she uh, realized a bunch of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I mean, it might, be, it might come to her mind, like, a few months from now, being like, wait a sec, I was the one that did all that shit, now I th and I'm the one that fucked mm -hmm. it up. Well, I guess it was still on his order, so it was still his house, so I guess that's fine, but it does kind of mean that a lot of my work went to waste, because I fucked it up myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, um, so she's just walking through the halls, dragging this thing along, making the horrible noise, looking like the bedraggled Japanese ghost girl, and she catches, like, some servants running and hiding and locking themselves in a room and stops to think about how terrifying her face must be right now, but she's too busy being uh, hurt for that, so no problem there. Because... It is a, it is a pretty funny notion, though, <laughs> that, like, th to these people, it's like, well, only Kiyoshi came 
back. We know that Jeonju took her and Yoon somewhere. And we know that Kelsong flew off after them. And then only one of them comes back soaking wet and in a panic. And it's like, I get that it's like, they probably all think that she killed all of them or something. I mean, that's probably a good guess. She's definitely stomping around and doing the, like, Friday the 13th yeah. Jason Voorhees lurch. <laughs> <laughs> But also, even if they're not uh, assuming that, the notion of them just like being like, "Well, uh, she's in a mood, and she might be the avatar, so time to bounce." Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a funny notion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So she she's walking through the halls of the mansion doing this, and it's just hurting her every step of the way because every route in this mansion is a thing she did in her everyday life, and. Over and over again, it leads to dead people, whether it's the way to Yun's room or the way to Kelsong's secret library or the garden where they all sat, or it's it's just all disaster. And so while she's thinking about this, Kyoshi does take the, the, the path that leads past the wood chopping station in the kitchen, which you may remember from earlier in the book. It got a brief mention, so here's our Chekhov's uh, woodcutting station, and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did think that, being like, oh, the all came back of all things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're, 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 they're just the giant um, wood-splitting axe is there, buried in the block, and Kyoshi grabs that because she can carry her bag with her teeth because she's got so little stuff. And, uh, of course, the block is stuck to it because it, it's just so buried in there, so she's just carrying the block, too, until she smashes the thing against the wall until the block falls off. <laughs> So, she's not doing anything to help her reputation here. Um, no, but also to be fair, uh, fuck this uh-huh. place. <laughs> so outside, she drops her bag in the mud uh, for some reason, and then she dumps the trunk into the mud and starts using the wood-smashing mole to just let out all her rage, all her hate, all the emotions she's been bottling up all these years. She's just using this axe to take this trunk apart. <laughs> And it is a little strange. It it mentions because it is it's a wooden trunk, right? But it does mention that the 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 wedge is like bouncing off the metal of the lock. And I would think that if it's a wooden trunk, it wouldn't be strong enough to. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. But yeah, so she's just like t- yeah. You mean like it wouldn't be strong enough to actually like have an attachment for it? That... I mean, like it could be like. A bit of like metal where the lock attaches to you. That was like, uh, I'm trying to think of how it would be attached to wood. Yeah, like something like that. I guess. But yeah, um, she just uses this axe to smash the thing open. I don't. I thought she had the key, but apparently she doesn't. Or maybe she's just too in her emotions to use it right now. Uh, I I think I think I want to say back when they first introduced the existence of the chest, I think Kiyoshi directly mentions that she had lost the key ages did ago. Did she? Okay. I think so. I think she's just been like, hang on, let me. I'm gonna. Uh, let's see. I'm searching. Wait a sec. How come this isn't showing the word key anywhere in this entire book? <laughs> just showing um, the page. Okay. Let's see. No, she threw the key into the ocean. <laughs> Okay, okay, well, there you go. The key is gone to begin. But I was right, but I was wrong in the context. The key is gone. Yeah, she got so mad at her parents <laughs> that she threw the key into the ocean, so. <laughs> well, there you okay, go. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I guess that explains why you need to beat this thing She's apart. She's a nerf bender. She might be an. 
Yeah, she she might be a nerf bender, but metal bending still won't be invented for like another like almost four hundred mm -hmm. years. <laughs> so yes, uh, in the box uh, there are two. The, the phrase here is ornate metal war fans, the color of gold alloyed with bronze. They're I'm gonna be honest, I don't super understand how these are supposed to be weapons, but they're they're fans. They're folding fans. They're just made of metal. I, I think I think it's based on construction. Let me look. I want to see how this is historically. Yeah, because like, uh, doo -doo -doo, let's see. Keep going. I want. I'm gonna read this and see well, like what it is in particular that makes these actually be able to be like weapons. Fair enough. Yeah. I just it it doesn't. The design of it to me seems like it would have to be way too frail to actually stand up to any kind of impact because if it folds, okay. then it's like thin sheets. So okay, uh, this picture an anti-Japanese uh, Edo period gunsen is how I'm gonna choose to pronounce that war fan made of iron, bamboo, and liqueur. I think that's how you always pronounce that whenever it's like a wood lacquer. thing depicting yeah lacquer. So it's like I think it's based on the construction itself where it's like it's like you know it is still like has the functionality of a fan, but it's, like, hardened to actually be usable in combat. At least that's how um, I think it is. Well, I mean, looking at this article, it seems like they're mostly, like, wood or metal bones of a fan, and then they have mm -hmm. bamboo, the, the, the covering or whatever. So it still doesn't make a ton of sense to me as a weapon. Like, I guess you could certainly fold it down to a single point and then jab somebody with it pretty hard, but... Uh, I, I just... Apparently, Tessin Jutsu is uh, the martial art of the Japanese war fan. Uh, based on the use of the solid iron fan or the folding iron fan, which usually had wood or iron ribs. And... Well, we know that hers yeah, folded, so yeah. it's definitely that. <laughs> Just trying to actually read this quickly enough to actually understand how these actually. Uh, let's see. Um, it's just saying like the practitioners could acquire a high level skill that in, in fact some of them were able to defend themselves from an attacker wielding a sword, even kill an opponent with a single blow from these. <laughs> so it doesn't say how it is that they're actually constructed to do that though. That's, yeah. that's the problem, right? Like, you can you can read that. Yeah, this is a weapon that people use, but that's not my issue with it. My issue is yeah. how. A apparently, aside from like using it against swords and spears, uh, you could also use it to fend <laughs> and also fend off knives and poison darts, which at least makes sense because like if you're skilled enough, you could try to like redirect them or uh, at least deflect them a little bit by blowing them away or just opening the fan, I guess. Uh. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how it is that like these actually work. <laughs> like if it was, uh, if it was a metal sheet over the metal bones, that would make mm. a little more sense to me because yeah. then you could sharpen it. But I don't know. Yeah, I yeah, I, um... <laughs> I, I, I think our conclusion is eh, something about the construction about these is what works because they are historic. <laughs> Supposedly, they are historic. Whether they are actually, I mean, again, there were there were bits question. in there that mentioned like actual people using them in combat. <laughs> yeah, but you know how people mythologize I actual guess. people <laughs> fights. But I think like it's still like practice, at least in like terms of like demonstrations, because they have an official like term for 
fighting with a war like martial arts with a war fan. I don't know. Again, <laughs> we're getting too into the, into the weeds of how this QFC fans work. <laughs> uh, I mean, the way QFC fans work is they have a podcast where they re- re- uh, read their entire book and then talk about it. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Um. So she's got two of these fans, and again, these are like Kyoshi's iconic gear. She's gonna keep this for her entire mm-hmm. life, and uh, also a headdress which. Is, I mean, if you've seen her, you know what it looks like, but it's kind of a dumb hat, if I'm honest. Yeah, I, I wonder, there's gotta be a name for this hat as well, I think. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see. I don't think there is, because it's her fans stapled to a headband. I, I, I guess, technically, also I probably shouldn't be reading this, because, I mean, to be fair, it's like, it does say, like, where these fans came from, so it's like, I can at least interpret that based on the context of her having this chest, but maybe I should actually not read this. <laughs> <laughs> to try to figure, to try to figure yeah, out where the shouldn't. what this headdress is. Hang on, let me let me back up. Let me see Kyoshi headdress. But yeah, no. In all seriousness, this is a headband. It goes around uh, mm-hmm. a thing on the forehead, like Naruto, that goes around the back okay, of the head. Wait. But it's got her fan stapled to the I front. I have of it. found the website talking about these. Uh, Kyoshi and Suki's headbands are inspired by a combination of two traditional Japanese accessories. Oh god, I'm gonna fucking butcher this, and meanwhile I'm the one who actually took Japanese and lived in Japan. Uh, <laughs> Meitengan and Meidate? Uh, oh, it's, it's, I think it's inspired, yeah, it's inspired from, like, the depictions of, uh, Tomoe Gonzen, which is a name I recognize as a legendary, uh, female samurai, and also in Persona 4, as I think TA's default Persona were evolved when I forget. <laughs> But yeah, this is actually, like, apparently, like, it is inspired by this design uh, from History Again as well. I mean, I would need to see it, but as it exists in Avatar, it's goofy. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> it. I mean, to be fair, again, it was maybe, it maybe it looks a little bit weird just because it was made for a show in, like, the early 2000s. <laughs> that might just be the... I am sure the actual hat looks better than this ridiculous I mean, thing. Yeah, they do. But also, again, to be fair, constraints of a Nickelodeon TV show in the early 2000s, I guess, compared to his- history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, again, when you, point, when you put the picture of Aang dressed up as Kyoshi wearing it, of course it looks fucking dumb. <laughs> he is... T- he is it tw- always looks dumb. That's he just is the twelve, and it is, bi- it is supposed to be being worn by a lady who is seven feet tall. Of course, it's gonna look fucking dumb on Aang. <laughs> Again, it yeah. always looks dumb. Whatever. <laughs> we're get we're getting two in the weeds about the headdress and the fans. This is where they come from. <laughs> yeah, listen, look, the, the the image you showed me, she's not wearing this. She's got like a little frill thing on top of her head. It's not a three foot wide fan. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but again, this is this is basically like. Wait, no, that are you looking at that first picture? Because that's Suki. That's not. I'm looking Kiyoshi. at these pictures of real people. Oh, okay. Well, again, it's inspired by it. It's not like they took the design entirely. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, it has a name. It's in, it draws inspiration from actual Japanese culture. It's just that it doesn't look exactly the same because this is the design they have for it. I. Don't again. Th- know if I believe this. It's whatever. It's, again, we we can't we can't de- spend this much time on the fans and the headdress. 
we have to spend this much time on the fans no. and the headdresses because that's what Kyoshi is. And it's We're ridiculous. not even done with one of these chapters is the thing. Yeah, and? <laughs> um, yeah, so the other thing that is in this trunk, this entire trunk was two fans and this bad hat and a pouch <laughs> of makeup. Admittedly, it is a lot of makeup, but again, Kyoshi has acquired all of her key items. That, like mm -hmm. She will get nothing else for the next 200 years. 214 years. Look, that, look there, there are plus three fans, and the headdress has a lot of really good bonus done based on what she's wearing. She has to keep it because it has good. It has a good set bonus together with the, with the clothes and everything. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't get the full effect if she doesn't have it all together, even the makeup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes um, so having collected all of these things the trunk is useless so she's just going to leave that lying in the mud and she spends a moment to think about how much she's lost and how miserable she she is and how her entire life has exploded over the course of like two days and it's her fault because she uh, yes so Again, she feels like this is her fault because she was. She had a good thing here and she held onto it too tight and didn't want to let Yun grow and be the avatar and wanted him to stay this perfect little boy. And so, as a consequence, everything was taken from her. And I just. You do not dictate the cosmic movements of the universe, Kiyoshi. Y yeah, Kiyoshi, you didn't become the avatar. It's, that's just how the. Well, I mean. I was about to say that's just randomness, but it's like, well, I guess there's maybe some randomness to it, but also it may be Rava choosing. Who can fucking say? But it's like you don't, you don't, you didn't pick this. You didn't choose to be not discovered earlier on for whatever reason was going on. But do we ever get clarification <laughs> on what actually happened that caused them to ha like not find the avatar for ages and then find the wrong guy? Not that I'm aware of. So it's, so it's just like a, like, I don't know what the fuck was going on there, but for some reason we got it fucking wrong. <laughs> After taking, like, fucking uh, nine extra years, I guess. <laughs> something like that, yeah. No, I mean, there's a very specific reason they weren't able to find her at first. I can tell okay. you that much. But it should not have happened for nine uh, years. <laughs> I'd imagine it has probably something to do with her parents. Like eventually, there should have been a point where their phone calls started connecting. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it probably has something to do with her parents. I would guess, considering that, like, why, why would they have left her these things in particular? If they're assholes, and also she. Uh, I mean, you know how it is when you sell a child. You give them weaponry. I don't know. I'm pretty sure Ray didn't have any weaponry when she got sold to that guy on Jakku. <laughs> uh, she had that stick. No, she built the stick. <laughs> she didn't have the stick when she was like her like little kid past self. <laughs> Also, why would she have a? Well, I mean, she had a littler stick, so she had to. She definitely did not was not holding a stick of any sort during the screen the scene where the little kid actor was going no. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so yes, she just takes a moment to cry in the rain because she blew everything up with her selfishly wanting to have people like her or whatever, and uh, then she just heads back around the mansion to. 
to Pong Pong. And it does mention that she slips and falls at least twice, <laughs> so she is not beating the clumsy allegations. <laughs> I mean, she's still seven feet tall, she's still Kyoshi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Rangi is waiting for her there. She's secured, like, bedrolls and tents and supplies for Pong Pong, and she basically is just, like, figured out immediately that Kyoshi was leaving and figured, okay, well, Kyoshi is incompetent. She's <laughs> definitely not going to pack any food. I guess I better save her life again. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> so they, um... You know, Ky Kyoshi... Ky Kiyoshi is the kind of person playing Oregon Trail who just loads up on, like, the fucking, like, axles and stuff, because those always inevitably break, and it's just like, oh, well, I'll just, I'll just hunt for food along the way, and then doesn't even buy enough bullets. <laughs> Kiyoshi brought 400 pounds of bullets. Of <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure, actually, in the original version, you don't have to buy a gun. I think you just have the gun, you just need the ammo. Yeah, that's yeah. just default. But in th in this in this scenario where Kiyoshi is playing Oregon Trail, <laughs> she doesn't make it. <laughs> she somehow figured out how to sell the guns. <laughs> she yep, she, she installed a fan mod in order to not have the gun, so that way she's like, oh, I mean, we'll we'll. I mean, I think there's like parts where you can scavenge food off of like berries and stuff in that, right? Isn't that how you usually die of dysentery? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she's like, I'm gonna do this hard mode. No guns. My character's a vegan. <laughs> And then she, then she Listen, dies. It's fine. I'm super strong. I can just yeet the bullets hard exactly. enough. Exactly. That... <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, there's there's like maybe some earth still left in the bullets at that age, uh, just based on impurities. Uh, you know, eventually, you know, if if you figure out metal bending, you don't need a gun. You just need the bullet, right? <laughs> and at that point, it's like, why wouldn't she just do? Well, I guess she wouldn't be able to do what uh, Zhangji did to kill Kelsan because she can't actually use fine manipulation of earth bending. <laughs> Yeah, but she could just use big rock on the 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 buffalo, and then that would kill the buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, but I don't know how much would be edible. There, there, there you go. Problem solved. You don't need gun. You don't need bullets. You just need <laughs> you just need big rock. Uh, okay. Um. But yeah, so Kyoshi doesn't really understand why Rangi is helping her, but basically Rangi's logic is, like, she might not know what's going on, she might not really believe that all those people are dead, but she is absolutely not going to let the Avatar ride off and die in the storm, because, again, incompetent. And <laughs> so they both climb up on Pong Pong, and uh, they fly away as Kyoshi begs, begs the spirits to, like, not be playing a trick on her by making Rangi come with her. <laughs> this I don't know how she got such a complex, like, obviously getting sold as a kid or whatever happens is going to do some stuff to you, but how do you get to this point where it's like, everything that goes wrong in the world is my fault, and also, no way could I possibly have a friend, this must be a ghost playing a joke on me. And that's drama for you, yay! I, I, I don't get it. Kiyoshi, please... Kiyoshi, instead of looking for bending masters, go look for a therapist first. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that is the end of my chapter. Kiyoshi has acquired she all her is... gear. Now she just needs to level up enough that she can use it. I mean, yeah, she's still level one, <laughs> so it's like, yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
I got handed I got handed all the really good end game gear by the GM, and now I actually I'm like, well, I need to actually level up. I only have like eight hit points. <laughs> yeah, this stuff is all prerequisite for level fifteen. Can I like power level through this or? <laughs> <laughs> now Kiyoshi's put in an MMO. <laughs> Uh, actually, no. Kiyoshi definitely has at least a deep. She's, oh, she's, a, she's a big tough lady. She definitely has at least like twelve hit points. Actually, she has at least a <laughs> decent con modifier. But yeah. Uh, with that, we should take our quick break, and then we'll get into it with my chapter. Yes, indeed. Let's talk about the Patreon. Okay. All right. Yep. And with that, we'll go into chapter 12, which is just called The Decision, because most of the chapters in this book are just the followed by another word. <laughs> uh, I say that, and meanwhile, next chapter, the next chapter we'll be doing next week does not have that. <laughs> but no, hey, turns out, sometimes <laughs> it happens. Uh, basically, we just immediately cut to the next morning, and it's kind of a bit of a fun thing where the next morning is basically de depicted as being the start of a new future for the world in a sense with it being described as and i quote a friend insisting that everything would work out so i'm going to call my shot and predict that barely anything will ever go well for kiyoshi and rangi <laughs> it might in the <laughs> end but i feel like it's going to be a slog for them up that they're going to be walking up the hill both ways in the snow the entire time <laughs> but they'll get there maybe uh, but yeah, the two of them and Pong Pong are exhausted from the overnight storm trip, but they're finally at least in the clear of the storm. Uh, and Which is good. Like, you don't want to be flying in the yeah. storm, but I guess Pong Pong's used to it. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe not, but it's like, Rangi at least, like, knew the direction to actually get out of it, because she actually has skills, as opposed to Kyoshi. <laughs> well... Yeah, no, but I mean, like, Kelsong apparently is a dude who could just summon hurricanes whenever, so I'm sure Pong Pong has I, yeah, slow flying I experience. Guess. Well, sorry, Pong Pong, you're not going to get free, fun little storm at the drop of a hat anymore. No <laughs> sevens. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, but in any case, now that they're out of the storm, they actually finally tackled the other pressing matter of Kyoshi being the real avatar after all this time. Uh, Kyoshi assures <laughs> her that she had absolutely no idea about it, uh, yeah, I guess technically until recently. She's just ignored that part. Uh, nor what could have happened to make the search for her uh, be a colossal mess, which, again, we have established there's just no reason, apparently. Just fucked. <laughs> so just fucked up. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, she can barely even say Jean-Chu's name in regard to him not even having a clue that it might have been her. Frankie tells Kiyoshi that nothing like this has ever transpired, at least in the history of the Fire Nation, because when their sages are absolutely assured of the Avatar, it's like, that's just a done deal, no question about it. And then she gets sidetracked a little bit by focusing on the little festival that they hold in the Avatar's honor that is larger than Twin Sunday, which I looked this up, there's nothing that points to what kind of holiday Twin Sunday is. <laughs> Literally, what I saw was like the like the Fire Nation entry that was just like near the bottom. A section just said, "There's also another holiday called Twin Sunday." <laughs> hmm. Nothing about this holiday, I guess. Also, there's not two. Songs no, this no, I'm pretty sure not. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what that implies. What's Twin Sunday? <laughs> it it might be like. Is it like... Because, uh, you know, some of the benders, their powers get stronger on certain yeah. celestial events. It might be something like it, that. It might be like the summer equinox, like when their power might be a bit heightened or something. So, like, they're calling it the twin sun in terms of, like, the sun being 
having its longest uh, map in the sky before getting to nightfall, and also their own, like, er like kind of inner sun being stronger, because the sun helps them with firebending or something? I don't know. <laughs> to be... Maybe. I don't know. Again, <laughs> no context for what this holiday is. It's just mentioned in there. <laughs> but yeah. But uh, Rangi mentions that even on that day, school is cancelled, which just never happens in the Fire Nation. Do you know how fucking big of a serious deal it has to be if school gets cancelled there? Apparently just for the Avatar. Yeah, we definitely get some, oh, the Fire Nation is just like our fantasy version of Japan mm -hmm. sort of stuff. Yeah. Trains run on time. School is never cancelled. Special noodles. <laughs> It's a little awkward. To be fair, I mean, from my experience, the trains were actually really never late. <laughs> so that is actually accurate, at least, in terms of how long I was there for. The only the only instance in which a train would be late is a really dark matter, actually. <laughs> <'Cause>, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I get it. I just, it's... Mm -hmm. It's such a stereotype yeah, yeah, I get, that I get when that, you yeah. translate it into this book in the form of the caravans arrive on yeah. time. I hate that so much. Yeah, right, because I guess trains aren't a thing in the setting just yet. Nope. Like, I only think of, like, one train, and it's in season four of Korra, actually. Because there's no trains at all in, like, by the time of, like, Legend, uh, Last Airbender. I'm yeah. pretty sure there's a train in one of the Korra comic books, but... Yeah, that that would make that would make sense because like if it's from the Korra comic books, like it's especially like it is an Earth Kingdom. Cons I guess technically Varric also might have helped make it in Book Four of Korra, so that would make sense. It might be the same train or at least the same train tracks. I believe that is the same book that introduces the straight. Oh, machine, fun! So. Great, awesome. <laughs> yeah, like <sighs> don't don't take that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh. Uh, today, uh, Kiyoshi asks what any of this has to do with their current predicament, which Rangi just replies that there's always a way things play out and that they should adhere to it, because tradition, I guess, because Fire Nation, uh, in which he means finding Kiyoshi bending masters that can guide her and support her legitimacy. So it's like, well, there's a, there's a standard operating procedure with the Avatar we have to follow here. Uh, she tried, yep. Yeah. I don't love that she goes yeah. into this. Yeah, I mean, she's I from it. the fire. Like, she's she's pretty much been like Fire Nation, died in the wall since the time she was born. So it's like I get why she's has this train of thought at the beginning. Because it's like, yeah, like I mean, especially with her mom being who she is, it's like, yeah, she was definitely raised to like never really question just how things are done, kind of deal. Yeah, but her mom is a Fire Nation yeah, serial killer. Allegedly, it's like it only happens during the Agni guys, and it's kind of always been ruled as an accident, so, you know. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'm sure that's fine, and she's not actually an assassin for the Fire Nation. It's okay. It's all good. Don't worry about it that she killed her cousin. Uh, she's not an assassin for the Fire Nation. She's an assassin for herself. That's what a serial killer is. You know, is. again, details. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, what did I leave off? Uh, yeah, uh, Rangi then leads Pong Pong to a small rock in the sea to follow her protocol in case the compound was compromised, which is why she already had all these bags ready, since apparently these bags had just been prepared with a week's provisions for ages, just in case they had to bounce the avatar out of there. <laughs> uh, and her plan is to basically leave Kyoshi here while she returns to Yokoya to assess the situation and bring someone to help them, because again, this is just how she was trained to do this. Uh, but Kiyoshi adamantly refuses to do this because of how any earthbending master would be part of Zhangju's inner circle, 
So she basically just tries to yank the reins away as she dwells on how Rangi doesn't know the depths of Janju's depravity, because how could she? The guy's always been having an act going on in the manor, and his only true colors actually were revealed, like, yesterday, <laughs> to Kyoshi and Yoon, who <laughs> may be dead, maybe not. I don't think so, because, again, you can survive in the spirit world. Uh, so, you know. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, but not if you get Yeah, but also, mm, could say about Korra that I really should... Wait, no, you, you saw season two of Korra, right? Yeah, you you saw him for you saw a general gel, <laughs> where it's like he he's like fully gets eaten by the ocean spirit at in like the end of uh, last year Bender season one, and he shows up in like the sea of lost souls or whatever it is, and he's like he's he's still just been the nerf for the last seventy years, because <laughs> fuck that guy, he's air quotes <laughs> fine, he's still alive at least, he, he might not be all there, but he's still there <laughs> physically at least, so you know you can survive getting eaten. By spirit and brought to the spirit world. You don't know. Also, again, I feel like it's just too early for you to also be <laughs> taken out of the story. I feel like he's got to come back in some way. Uh, yeah. Uh, where the hell was I? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. This doesn't work at first, so she ends up pulling Rank as the avatar to get Rangi to listen to her by basically just being like, "Yep, you're you're this, you're the protector of the avatar. You gotta listen to me. Deal with it." Uh, this is even just, like, directly called out by the book as an exploitation of Rangi's vow to safeguard the Avatar, and that it's also an attack on her honor, and we all know how Fire Nation people are about honor, <laughs> so... You kind of got Rangi by the short hairs here a little bit, <laughs> but she doesn't feel good about it. I don't love that expression. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you know, I didn't think about it at the time when I was saying that, but it's like, that's just a, that's in general just an expression in, as a whole. It, yeah, that doesn't mean you know. I have to like it. That's just how it is. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Any case, uh, Rangi just immediately turns a bit cold about this when she has to acquiesce about uh, Kyoshi's demand here. Which upsets Kyoshi since she doesn't really want a bodyguard. She just wants her hot headed friend back and not just a person who's going to just follow orders because she just has to command yeah, if it. You're commanding someone, you're probably Rangi... not going to be spending the night cuddling together again, huh? Yeah, you know, it's like, well, the polycule is really kind of falling apart because it's not really a polycule if there's only two people, in a sense. So it's like, oh, you got to preserve whatever's <laughs> left of it. <laughs> Uh, Rangi finally at this point kind of comes to terms with Yoon being fully gone. Again, air quotes gone, not dead. She doesn't say dead, so there's that. Uh, and Kyoshi's just unsure how they really comfort her since both of them have centered their lives around duty for survival in her case and pride for Rangi. And also because uh, Kyoshi has trauma so she can't actually process helping somebody mm -hmm. else when she can't really help herself. <laughs> uh... But Yoon was the one who had gotten them both to uh, warm up and come out of their shells and be friends, so they're kind of both in an awkward <laughs> loss without them around. Yay! Uh, Kyoshi reiterates that she needs to train before facing Zhangju, uh, but to do that, they need teachers completely foreign to him, and she basically has to be in, uh, incognito. Why was I stumbling over that word? Uh, while doing so, in order to ward him off until she's ready to kick his ass. She acknowledges that this plan is pretty fucking ludicrous, and that she, but she's willing to do whatever it takes to make Zhangju pay for what he did, so I guess we're going with ludicrous. Uh, and Rangi does end up agreeing to the plan of like, yeah, okay, we gotta, we gotta find somebody that's unrelated to him. 
Kiyoshi tries to tell her that she cannot come with her because uh, she has no idea how long this could take and also that she has just so many secrets that she hasn't told her yet. But Rangi kind of just finally blows this off because how bad could it be compared to the literal earth-shattering news that she had been told like mere <laughs> hours ago? <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I think I think if I can be at least a little bit okay and accept all that, I think whatever you have hidden about your past was not going to be breaking my mind much compared to that, <laughs> Kiyoshi. <laughs> Yay. Uh, Kyoshi is merely a little bit happier at having lost the argument, <laughs> mostly just because of the manner of tone that Rangi is saying this, because it means that she at least has her friend with her when she's lost everything else. And Rangi at this point takes the first shift in sleeping, if Kyoshi seems to have a destination in mind. But she doesn't really sleep much despite how exhausted they all are, and uh, during this, Kyoshi realizes from watching her and also their past experience of sharing a tent, uh, way back in the iceberg chapter, that Rangi uh, apparently occasionally cries in her sleep. Probably again because of her mom being a mass murderer. <laughs> but don't worry about that. Slash child abuser. Yeah, you know. Turns out, again, there's really no good adults in, like, all of Avatar, really. <laughs> no matter the time period. Well, they might need to extend that, though, because also, I like, mean, Iroh is the Kyoshi... exception, really. Well, no, I just mean Kyoshi has been the avatar for maybe a few hours tops, mm -hmm. and she's already given her girlfriend two direct orders that of the sort that she's not supposed to countermand, mm -hmm. and that's just mm -hmm. like, you can't do that. That's, yeah. that's such a step, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I can at least understand why Kyoshi has to stoop to that level, because again, like, Rangi is still trying to, like, keep things as they were in a sense, where she's like, obviously there has to be a misunderstanding here, right? It can't be that our boss has been an asshole. Uh, Rangi turns out most bosses are actually assholes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's like, I, I get why Kiyoshi has to be like, I need I need to show you how serious I am. I hate having to stoop to that level, but that's the only way I'm going to get you to stand down, <laughs> kind of sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's not great, but it's like, I at least understand her turning the thought there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a thing that I really don't like about this, and obviously this is like situational, mm -hmm. but you know we know specifically that Jeonju was torturing Yun to try and get oh, him yeah. to do uh -huh. Avatar stuff, mm -hmm. and these characters will never know that. Uh, like, I mean, unless he's a unless bad he... dude to their perspective, yeah. but unless... they don't know what he was doing. I mean, to be fair, unless he had blurted that out during a big confrontation, or again if Yun's still alive and is like he he was fucking torturing me, you know. <laughs> Well, yeah, sure, but that's like that. That's not the perspective they have. To them, he's just all of a sudden a bad guy. Yeah, and I don't, I don't like that. I I don't like having this information that they don't. It feels weird to me. Yeah, I mean that's like uh, again, that's like part of the like narrative of not being centered on like a point of view character, where it's like <laughs> just because we have seen multiple perspectives here, it's like. Obviously, there's things that Kyoshi is just not privy to as a result. Well, yeah, no, obviously, that's that's certainly a a literary technique. It's mm -hmm. fine, whatever. What what bugs me is that we have this context for, oh yeah, he's actually an evil guy, and to them, I mean, he's kind of bad, but not evil, you know? Yeah. It, it, I just it is frustrating to me when someone does an evil thing for the sake of proving how evil they are, mm -hmm. and then other characters just don't know that that happened. Yeah. 
to mean to be fair, like most of the world doesn't even know. Which that's that's one of the things that is going to really be interesting as we go deeper into this book of like, how is Yanju gonna play this off? Because like, even if he, like either he admits that Kyoshi's the Avatar and therefore sends like a big manhunt after her, or he tries to keep up the facade that Yoon was the Avatar and it is seemingly just dead and like, hey, like uh, Kyoshi might know something about that, so bring her to me if you find her. You know, basically still trying to put out that all-points bulletin on her kind of deal. But regardless, he's going to have to explain what happened to Kelsong, right? Because <laughs> it's like... One would assume. Like, you might be able to pin, like, oh, the Avatar's dead, Kyoshi killed him, get her ass, or whatever. You might be able to pass that off, just because he has connections all over the world. But it's like, I get that Kelsong's out of favor with the Era Nomads in a lot of ways, but it's like, they're still going to wonder what happened to him and where he's gone, right? <laughs> Especially if, Probably. Especially if nobody saw him ever again after he flew off after them that day. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you would think that would raise some questions. Yeah, it's like, Yanju, you're uh, not really thinking long term here, bud. <laughs> you're just basically mm -hmm. knocking off everybody who might be a nuisance getting in the way of you uh, worshiping in the very ground the Avatar stands on. Uh, and also tries <laughs> to throw your face. But you're also not really thinking long term in terms of like, how am I gonna play what happened off? <laughs> Again, Yoon, easier, at least because, you know, can always blame it on Kyoshi. I guess he could also blame Kelsong death on Kyoshi. But I feel like people would question that in particular because it's like, well, weren't they like father and daughter in a sense? I feel like that would get into, like, again, he would might have to admit, like, oh, she's actually the Avatar. She was tricking us the whole time or something like that. And she killed both of them. Well, it's gonna have to at some point, like, you I mean, can't just yeah. disappear. Yeah, there, there is that also, like, I mean, regardless of which way it goes, it's like, if he ever actually got her hand, his hands on her, it's like, he would at that point have to be like, oh, uh, also, JK, uh, this is actually the real avatar. <laughs> that that, like, that kid, never him. a future where he doesn't admit that Kiyoshi is the avatar. That, that yeah. fully does not happen. The only way you could possibly play that off is if you just assassinate her. And just, oh, well, uh, she killed Yuan, uh, but it's okay, I got her, so let's find the next Avatar. Or, or even, that is or even the not, only way you get away like, with Like, even this. not that, like, even if they manage to just, like, assassinate Kyoshi, which obviously, spoilers, we know doesn't happen because of, uh, the show. But, like, if that were, scenario were to happen, it could just be like, oh yeah, she had killed Yuan, uh, the Avatar cycle started again, but then we at least got her, so we killed the Avatar's killer, in a sense. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That yeah. is the only way to play this off. There's no other way to get out of this situation without killing Kyoshi and taking the new avatar. Yeah, which again, like, because... will be fucking ages to get that far. <laughs> yeah, it, it just it, it, there's there's no way for him to save face. Yeah, there's one option, <laughs> and it's not gonna happen because <laughs> she doesn't die until she's two hundred and thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, again, uh, spoilers based on the original context of we know Kiyoshi lived that long because she was the avatar before Roku, who was the avatar before Aang, and she doesn't die when she's sixteen. <laughs> no. All right. Uh, yeah. I mean, she might, but if she does, she gets better. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean, resurrection's never been a thing in the Avatar series. I guess it's not. I guess it wouldn't be unheard of if they just do an ass pull. I mean, that's what Star Wars did too with Magic Resurrection. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, regardless, uh, we only have a little bit left here. Uh, while Rangi's asleep, uh, Kyoshi decides to take out the little clay turtle that she 
got in the first chapter by kind of stealing it, but also being kind of given it by Kelsong. Uh, because she wants to use it to practice uh, the fine manipulation aspect of earthbending. And she basically, like, gets it at least to, like, wobble in the air a little bit. So it's like, she's like, oh, okay, I guess this is progress. But then it just kind of basically snaps entirely and just turns to dust to float away in the breeze. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what her plan is here. Mm. I mean... I mean, she's got to practice somehow. The thing she wants is she wants to learn how to, air- to earthbend small stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. But you know you can't do it. And you know that this is, like, the precious thing that you got from your teacher. It's the last yeah, thing you have from you, him. you know. <laughs> Grab a rock off the ground before you take off or something. <laughs> oh, look, she, she, she was very impatient. She wanted to do this now, and this is the only bit of earth she had. And also, uh, I guess, how does this... I guess maybe she recreates the clay turtle or something for it to be used for their avatar cycles, because, like, this is one of the four actual avatar relics. And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, don't we see the turtle in the flashback to when Aang was told he was the Avatar? I don't think so. I mean, I don't remember that scene that precisely, but I, it's I very mean, possible I, it's just a different turtle. Yeah, I mean, I mostly remember it as, like, him sitting with, like, uh... Oh, what's the name of his, like, bedi- his, like bestie old guy friends from the monastery? Uh... Monkeyatso. Like, I remember it's him, Gatso, and, like, some other monks just sitting there. And, like, them, like, basically, uh, breaking the news to him, because, like, which is weird, because they were like, yeah, we would normally tell you when you're older, but because of the Fire Nation stuff, we're telling you when you're 12, and it's like, I guess that kind of goes a little bit against tradition here, where they're looking for the person starting at 7, but maybe it's Mm -hmm. different with the Air Nomads. But like, well, I mean, I think we remember they, they need to identify the avatar early, yeah. but that doesn't mean they necessarily tell them early. Uh, I, I want to see if I can find the picture because I'm I know for a fact that like they show at least one, if not multiple, of the toys in that scene. Because like they they specifically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the picture. He's holding something. Hang on. Uh, it's from the storm episode. Where is it? Where is it? Uh, yeah, yeah, there, there is a turtle. He's holding like the little like pinwheel thing. There's a monkey, and then there's like the little like drum is there. Yeah, let me let me get this picture real quick. Uh, okay, while you're doing that, I just want to say because of the way the voice there. actor for Aang talks, mm-hmm. I was pretty darn sure every single time. It took me a very long time to figure out that he was saying monk gyatso. I thought that dude's name was Monkey Atso. <laughs> or just like... <laughs> like Monkey or, or just, or just like his first name was like Mon, and then his last name was Gatso or something. <laughs> no, fully. I thought his name was Monkey, like Luffy. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, uh, as you can see in that picture, the turtle is right there. <laughs> it could be a different turtle. <laughs> but but they're like the Avatar relics passed down throughout all the Avatars that they recognize because of their past lives, so how could it be a different turtle? Like uh, I'm just like I, I, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of artifacts. Who is to say that the the air nomads don't have just more real ones in a vault somewhere that they can add to the circulation? Uh, maybe it's like I don't I don't know. I could see it just be like I mean I don't think Kyoshi will be able to find the dust to put it back together later on. But I feel like she might just like recreate it, and then because of that sentimental value to her because of Kel song, it just kind of becomes the new one in place of the turtle. I'm gonna be real. That doesn't happen in these books. <laughs> Full stop. 
<laughs> okay, well, uh, the turtle's there by the time Ann gets all these avatar, and Kyoshi just killed it, so something happens. <laughs> I just think it's a different turtle. <laughs> the, the turtle has its own avatar cycle. It reincarnates as another turtle. <laughs> like another toy, some toy turtle out there just fucking toy story to life, and is like, huh, okay, I guess I'm the avatar's chosen turtle toy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but uh, that's that entire chapter. Pretty, it's. A... <laughs> I mean, it does always be turtles, huh? <laughs> it do be turtles. So uh, between Amelia and this. Well, not yeah. Um, well, Amelia. Yeah, I guess Amelia by extension also Hazel. But yeah, uh, and then now this. <laughs> I mean, hey, turns out turtles are pretty important things and creatures in the world of Avatar. Like, not only are there the turtle ducks, but there's the lion turtles, and then there's this turtle that apparently can also recreate itself. <laughs> yeah, actually, fair point. Uh, turtle what? Lion turtle? Turtle duck? What? <laughs> Just turtle? Uh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah! Wait, didn't we do this bit before about the turtle? <laughs> did we? I thought we did it about something else. <laughs> Wait, shit, I, well... Hmm. I know we definitely brought up something like this before. Oh wait, wait. It was a. Uh, it was like I think it was about like snakes or something. It was like vipers or whatever. And it's like how'd you know what the yeah, 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 yeah. It was vipers. Yeah, yeah. But again, yeah, again, you point out it is just a turtle. <laughs> uh-huh. It's not a turtle duck. It's not a lion turtle. <laughs> it's not a snake turtle. It's just a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on in your. <laughs> They got some weird wildlife over there. Let's see. I'm also Googling uh, how did the turtle toy get remade to see if anybody knows. <laughs> Wait, Avatar Relics. Hang on. Uh, let's see. Kiyoshi eventually forgot how exactly she had gotten the toy other than that it be- was a gift from Kelsang who had become her adoptive father. Uh, after being forced to flee, Kiyoshi took the turtle first. She, abs- she uh, subsequently used the toy for ad hoc or fending training, making it float in the air, but it got destroyed. Uh, when... Okay, well, this is something that's, like, later on in the book, I guess. Uh, you know, apparently, uh, just based on glancing it, there is actually a part where she's told to replace the turtle in these books, or in some other thing. Because hmm. apparently Yang Chen is the one who tells her to remake the turtle. <laughs> huh. Yeah, because... At, at that... that seems like... Yeah, cause, a really minor concern, Yang Chen. Well, Did you really come well, back it's because, to it's because to make a turtle? It, as the wiki says, there was only one more lifetime after Kyoshi before it would be needed again, which I guess would be in Aang's case. It's like, oh, well, I mean, if you don't make it, Roku's gotta, and, like, would he know about it? <laughs> yeah, but you don't need it, is the thing. Just use a different <laughs> thing. There are so many things in the world. Well, hang on. I'm looking at Roku if it says anything about how they found out he was the Avatar. Uh, Just throw one of Kyoshi's fans into the pile. You know <laughs> what I mean? It doesn't... Well, no, Kyoshi's fans are enshrined on Kyoshi Island. They gotta go there. She made that island. They, uh, they don't have to be. Put her dumb hat in there. Kids love dumb hats. Her hat is also in the on the island. It's being kept safe. Again, it doesn't have to be. Avatars own so many things. It doesn't have to be this one specific thing. There have been how many hundred of you guys, and you're only going to use this turtle toy? Are you telling me no other Avatar has had any toys okay. ever? During a party celebrating his and Sozin 16th birthday, Roku was informed by the Fire Sages that he was the Avatar. There was no deer in this case. 
they were just, I guess because, again, like as Rangi says, the sage is always right, so I guess they just spend a lot more time figuring it out. <laughs> mm. Well, again, as you have mentioned several times, it is custom for the Avatar to be informed when they are 16. Y yeah. So the sages knew for a very long time, and they just didn't then tell again, him again, it brings me the question 16. why they are like being like, "Oh, it's been seven years since Kurok died. Why can't we find the Avatar?" Fuck. <laughs> because they find them super early and raise them without telling them that they're the I... Avatar. I don't see why this is such an issue. We've been over this a lot. I guess. I, I just feel like it's like at that point, like Jianju and Kelsang are just freaking the fuck out because it's been seven years and they haven't found the kid. When it's like, well, yeah, it could I take mean, ages. for sure. <laughs> I don't know. Regardless, that's 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 what happens to the turtle, I guess. The turtle gets remade and then it's fine. <laughs> that's dumb and bad. <laughs> but it makes sense that Kiyoshi would be the one to recreate it when she can. I mean, it does, but if you wanted to destroy a priceless Avatar artifact and have it be a metaphor for the relationship with Kelsong, there should have been a fifth one that she broke, and it's just gone. Like, the fact that she fixes it so it lines up with this one scene in the TV show is bad. I don't like it. Well, that's what happened. This is fully MCU. We gotta set up the sequel stuff. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, you're right, actually. It's like, you know, there's like the one person watching the MCU Kiyoshi movie be like, but wait, she destroyed the turtle, but it's like it showed up in the other series where Aang had the turtle. What happened to the turtle? And then uh -huh, it's like... Yeah, and then in the post-credit uh, sequence, you see her making a new turtle, yeah. No, I was about to say that one of the like, directors actually just say like, oh, she recreated it afterwards. It's, fine. <laughs> it's not even in the movie itself. They just say that afterwards. I, but I was I was really trying to think there because I was like, oh, who are even the directors of the MCU movies anymore these days? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> Those guys, the brothers. <laughs> yeah, the, the brother guys. The, the one guy who did Thor 3 and 4. I'm pretty sure that's the same dude, right? <laughs> no, it's not. That's Taika Waititi. Oh, is it not? No, no, I mean, I meant like Taika Waititi did both of those. Well, he did uh, do those, movie. yeah, but that's he's not yeah, the yeah. guy. The brother guys are the the end game guys, right? Uh, right, yeah. Like... Uh, you know, the first gay character in the MCU. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, those guys, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. When I when I said like uh, the the guy who did Thor three and four, I was meaning like one guy did both of those. Well, yeah, yeah that's true. That was right there. Yeah, that was that was Taika Waititi. But yeah, like I, I can't tell you anyone else who makes those movies anymore. There's like eight of them a year, and also the fucking TV shows that use AI bullshit. So I can't tell who's making any of that crap anymore. Um, are there that many? There's, uh, that's an exaggeration, to be fair. But there well, are no, like some. Obviously, that's an exaggeration. Yeah, but I feel like they've kind of dropped off in the past little while because they I... were doing like for a year, and I don't think that's true anymore. Hang on, I got this. It doesn't matter for this but... year. Well, now now I'm curious. I got to see what is their what is their docket for this year. Uh, let's see. Da, da, da. Let's see. Where is it? Uh, God, they already have stuff planned for Phase Six. What the fuck? All <laughs> oh, right, because yeah. they're in Phase they're in Phase Five now, right? Yeah, because mm -hmm. Phase Four ended with Wakanda Forever. Yeah, this year alone was Ant Man and the Wasp, Guardians Three, The Marvels in November. So it's three this year, and then looks like three in 2024. They only have two planned for 2025, and then just one for 2026 and 2027. But also, that's like four years away. 
but yeah, but like still, like as it is, like they're basically doing like roughly three a year, plus whatever amount of TV shows they have. I'm gonna so be like, honest. I forgot a there lot. was a third Ant Man. <laughs> I mean, same. Uh, nobody seemed to talk about it, like compared to like people are like, yeah, Guardians Three was good. You just gotta get over the fact that the lead is a Nazi. <laughs> it's kind of a big ask, you know. <laughs> yep. I don't even know what the fuck the Marvels is. I'm not a comics person. Oh, okay. Uh, that's Ms. that's Marvel the. And oh, okay. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. That's just literally a team up between the different people with Marvel and their superhero yeah. names. Okay. Yeah, I was actually thinking about that recently. Of like, oh yeah, they never really did anything else with uh, Captain Marvel after she was introduced and then had to be written out of the and uh, the like other Avengers movies because a they didn't know how good it was gonna do and also b she kind of breaks the world by being too powerful. <laughs> I mean, she wouldn't if they left her at her relative comic book power level and didn't amplify what? her because they just wanted to have the strongest one be a girl. Well, there you go. They made that decision and they kind of wrote themselves into their corner a bit. <laughs> so they had to write her out of those movies <laughs> until the very end. There's this thing in comic books called the Thor rule. And basically mm-hmm. the way it works is that Thor is never allowed to use more than 20% of his total power, because if he did, he would be just overwhelming and there would be no point to the story. <laughs> and oh, clearly, okay. the writers of those movies did not bother to apply that rule to Captain Marvel. Is the thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like why you actually had to, like, it's why they had to, again, for all the problems I kind of have with My Hero Academia, but it's like, it's why they actually have limitations on Deku, because, you know, he gets the power of All Might, and mm-hmm. it's like, all Might's been a superhero for decades. He's a teenage boy, and even though he trains his body the best he can to not like immediately die by getting the power, he's still like, yeah, but I'm still like breaking all my bones in my body every time I try to actually like use anything close to a percentage of the power. You haven't been keeping up with that series, have you? <laughs> well, I mean, I no, I I I didn't find like I didn't I watched through like the beginning of season four, so like he had figured out full cowling by that point to at least use like five percent or ten percent basically. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's still one of those things where it's like it makes sense again that he wouldn't just be able to go. So it's like, and also to be fair, if he could just go with All Might's full power, he would kind of just trivialize a bunch of the situations they're in to begin with early on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I mean, he would. Okay, so mm-hmm. minor academic spoilers, but where it is in the comic, not only does he have full control of All Might's power, but he also has all the quirks of everyone else who has had the power. So he's got like six quirks now. Fun. <laughs> I mean, that's how all for one works, I guess, right? <laughs> oh, no, no, uh, one for all. God, wait, shit, which one is which? <laughs> I always get it mixed up. It doesn't matter. The, it's one for all is the good. Right, one, one for all. All for one is uh, all for one's power. Right, the bad, the bad parallel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, I, I, I fell off. But yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, All Might couldn't do that. Yeah, I guess. But also, he's the protagonist. He has the superpower. The superpower. <laughs> <laughs> he gets the special power more than the actual guy who had the power for much longer, because that's how anime works. <laughs> but also he turned goth, so it's okay. <laughs> I did I did see something about the goth Deku, yeah. I did see something about him like kinda going rogue a bit. Not <laughs> 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 just because like too many people around him keeps getting hurt or something like that, so he's like, I gotta distance myself from the people around me or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like, he got a cool shadow power, and also everyone around him kept getting hurt, so Mm. why not, right? (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Uh, Kiyoshi, huh? (laughs) We're done with the chapters. (laughs) We are? Wow, when did that happen? A while ago! Uh, We got distracted by the turtle! We need to mention. (laughs) Uh 
uh, yeah, it, it, it's just a minor thing that kind of got skipped over while you were doing your chapters, but she mentioned specifically that the reason she doesn't want uh, like proper bending master is because if she had a real teacher who would like have a reputation and wisdom and junk, then they would absolutely stop her from just murdering. Oh Paul's yeah, son. yeah, there is that. So. Which again, like I get why they might not be too keen on teaching the avatar just so she can do a murder and nothing else and not give a fuck about the world. <laughs> But, you know, it's like, you know, if the Avatar uh, asks you a favor, I feel like you kind of have to help the Avatar out, right? <laughs> Maybe? <laughs> like, look, she just hasn't ha Just don't tell people that you want to kill your your boss, Kiyoshi. That, it'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you want to do a premeditated murder, you got to keep that a secret, is all I'm saying. <laughs> Wait, what the fuck is... What is this design for Deku here in the Shadow Power? <laughs> I told you he was goth. He looked like a fucking Bloodborne character. <laughs> with, to be fair, with like boots that show off all his toes or whatever. But he really looks like he's like a Bloodborne character. <laughs> like straight, straight up, that is just a Bloodborne hat. Like that's one of the like that's one of the early game hats you can get. Well, that's his, that's his mask with the stupid bunny ears. Oh, okay, I see it, yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't a, it wasn't the, it wasn't supposed to be a mask with bunny ears. It was supposed to look like All Might's, like, uh, head, like, pointy thingies or whatever from his eyebrows, I think, right? Well, it didn't. Well, yeah, no, it, didn't, it didn't. It looked like a bunny hood as a result. And they just kind of lean into it after that, to my recollection. But that's what he was going for. It's just that his mom made it, and she just didn't understand that he was trying to just make a suit that was just all night. <laughs> so he's a bunny. And now he's a goth bunny. <laughs> yeah, again, I don't, I, don't know what, I don't know what the fuck's going on with Byron at this point, I guess. <laughs> it's, um, it's ending, is what's going oh, is on. <laughs> well, I assume it's ending. He's about to fight the final boss. Oh, okay. <laughs> Unless there's another final boss after this one, which I can't imagine. <laughs> I mean, I can. Naruto yeah, did they, time, they but, could just know. keep it going on forever if they really wanted to, right? <laughs> that do be how manga works. But, but yes. Um, <laughs> with that, I think we should probably take it to the Twitter, because we have a question this week. A rarity, I know, but we do indeed have a question. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was about to be like, oh, they're only on season six after I stopped watching, like, on season five, but it's like, well, I expect COVID had a big hand in that with only uh, getting, like, two seasons out between when I stopped and now. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. But yes, so, if you would like to send us questions, you can find us on Twitter at UsWeirdosCast2, on Blue Sky at UsWeirdosCast, at co-host at UsWeirdos, and probably just in general by <laughs> shouting for us. I don't yeah, know. just, just um, everybody open your doors and just scream Vivian or Pat or nobody at the top of your lungs. Uh, we'll hear you somehow. <laughs> hey, weirdos, come yeah, out uh, to play. You know, hey, little do y'all know, we have perks <laughs> of our own. It's the same one. It's we can hear our names when we're called in the case for just podcast questions. Only that specific, very specific course of action will make us hear you from long distances. You could call. Oh, oh yeah, no, I, no, I got. I understood thing, that. that. I was, I was, I was bringing it back around to us having my <laughs> academia quirks. 
<laughs> okay. Um, yes. So, our question this week from M. Healy at MF Healy on Twitter. If Lesbian was a Pokemon type, what types would it be strong and weak against? I had the perfect against? answer for this while I was on my lunch break at work. It's it's normal type. Okay. Because in the world of Pokemon, love does not win, and therefore normal implies heteronormativity. <laughs> I'm not sure I Because in Pokemon, attract doesn't that, ever work but... on Pokemon that are the same gender, so therefore love does not win in the Pokemon world. Therefore, the normal type has to be what the Pokemon world thinks is normal, which would be because there's no gays in Pokemon either. So there you go. It's the one type that's huh. the normal, because fuck normalcy. <laughs> that was my train of thought. I was, like, thinking okay, about it more. It's sure. like, well, I mean, all they right. probably also resist <laughs> dark and ghosts because of all the lesbian goths I know. <laughs> but that's also an anecdote just related to me knowing some lesbian goths, so I don't know if it applies <laughs> here <laughs> overall. Yeah, I mean, it really depends. Yeah. Because, like, if you go back to the 80s or whatever, and the stereotype is that lesbians are all carpenters and mechanics, so at that point you'd assume that they're good against stealing grass, but... Yeah. They probably also resist fighting, right? Because, like, the usual, like, depiction of, like, a lesbian being more butch. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, like, not... That's just one version of what yeah, it is to yeah. be a lesbian. So that's like Gen 1 typing. And then... Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, I mean, to be fair, that's before Steel is introduced, so it makes sense that they would add that, uh, you know, later on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying to, yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to think. Uh, are there any other types that they be weak to, though? Is the thing? Um... Honestly, I want to say normal because normal is the enemy. Yeah, of again, yeah, yeah. I think we, I think we just like they only have one weakness, but it's too like, n not even like I guess the, I guess it is kind of the most common type in terms of like that's like a lot of the early game Pokemon and a lot of like basic attacks are normal. I mean that's that's you having a weakness to return <laughs> and return at ba at max power of two hundred is fucking savage. <laughs> unless <laughs> unless of course they have like literally like pixelate or something, but still. <laughs> If if it's just for like I mean, hey, we're we're fixing the Pokemon meta here. We're making normal type actually be worthwhile by introducing the nineteenth type, lesbian. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, the nineteenth type is lasagna, uh, so lesbian has to okay, be. Okay, well, I mean, they'll introduce both of them at the same time, and that's and then and then yeah, in that yeah, same yeah, generation, yeah. you get evolutions of both. <laughs> And, I mean, if we're introducing both of them, then Lesbian definitely has to be weak to Lasagna, True. because who doesn't like pasta? <laughs> uh, but there we go. I think we figured it out. Because, <laughs> like, there's so, like, so many types... There's so many types that just don't yep, make sense I think we're worth, good. Like, uh, in terms of, like, it having weakness or resistance, too. Because it's like, Electric doesn't make any sense, really. Dragon doesn't really make sense. Uh... Water, I think, doesn't make much sense. I mean, fire might, but to be fair, like every person is kind of weak to fire just in their own. But I don't think we're, we're using Pokemon logic here. Not every Pokemon is weak against fire, even though I feel like you could set a lot of Pokemon <laughs> on fire and they would still be burning to death. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think I think that's as much as we got. I think it's just normal is the only weakness, but again, it's a really common one and can be really devastating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right 
And then, of course, since we got a question this week, we've also got one of our Frakes takes. So, this is a little bit of a weird one. And oh, I still, I still most of them. Gonna be. I still most of these Frakes takes haven't been really fucking weird. <laughs> Listen, some of them are just what was your favorite book? <laughs> the, true. Some of them have been that, but also other ones have had no, made no sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one is a little more, I think, philosophical than usual. Uh, do we make our own luck? <laughs> well, I mean, that gets into the bigger question of thing, which I would say no, really. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, it... Well, I mean, if you would say that luck isn't real, then by that con- what, the transit of whatever, you would have to say that you do make your own luck, True. because <laughs> if it's not real, then you have to do everything yeah, on your own, like right? Yeah, it, it would so. be a case of, like, yeah, no, you have to... I mean, especially, like, I mean, we're we're not including, like, obviously people who are born into wealth here, because, like, I guess that, I well, guess yeah, that, that is in certain matter. circumstances, like, luck of the draw, in a sense, of, like, oh, you happen to just be born to the right people, I guess. But... That is true. It's a pretty yeah, small pool. it is, and it's getting smaller by the day. But uh, I think, in just in general, when it comes to just like the average person, I would just simply not even say that luck is really a thing because it's like it's really more just like yeah, like most people have to just kind of figure out the best path in life for themselves, kind of deal. And it's like yeah, circumstances <laughs> might work out that they might seem like a lucky like string of coincidences, but I don't think it's necessarily like just a thing. You, you don't have a lucky feed equivalent in real life, is what I'm trying to get at, where you can just decide, oh, you don't get a crit, GM, fuck you. <laughs> well, sure, that's not how luck works. No, that's how the lucky feed works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's not how luck works. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, we've touched on my esoteric world beliefs a few times in the past, and... The thing is, is that anything is real if you believe in it, so in that sense, yeah, we absolutely do make our own luck, so even though we are coming at it from entirely opposite angles, we hey, have just, the same you answer. You just gotta believe in it. It's like, you just gotta believe that magic is real and so is your frog. <laughs> but, um, I, I was making a fancy hide joke because of them announcing Fancy Hide Season 3. Because <laughs> ah, okay. that's what Siobhan says. Gotcha. Magic is real and so is her frog, who is made of magic. Baggy the Froggy is very much a real frog. Oh. He wears there a tiny little backpack. And lives inside a tiny little backpack. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you could have one of your very own if you wanted, because he's yeah, very you, real. Yeah, exactly. You could go... Well, I mean, you'd have to buy that frog, that Baggy. I don't think you can summon him. <laughs> I mean, we have, to tr- we have to try the summoning powers that summon ourselves, but instead we're just screaming Brennan Lee Mulligan's voice at the top of our lungs outside our door, just to being like, Brennan, give us free Boggy! <laughs> do it! You know you wanna! <laughs> Actually. Actually, now I'm curious, is Boggy even in well, yeah, stock um... at the moment? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he do be indeed be in stock. He's twenty nine dollars. <laughs> he's way fl- he's way fluffier worse. than I would expect from a frog, plushy. <laughs> Frogs are not usually fluffy. No, that I mean true. he's he's a plushy, obviously, so it doesn't matter. And also he's a magic frog, so he can be whatever he wants. But it's like I I wasn't expecting him to have like the tufts of fluff on the green parts. 
I think that a plush of a frog should be slimy. <laughs> yeah. and I don't think that's a plush fluffy. anymore at that point. <laughs> it's still a plush if it's full of beans. You want you want a plush made in the area of Nickelodeon Gak, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> No, just like uh, that that sort of um, stress ball material you can oh, make the okay. skin out of. So you can, so you, so you want the you want the squishable boggy the froggy plushie is what you're saying, <laughs> where you can squeeze him and his eyes bug out a little yeah, bit, yeah, but yeah, he's yeah. fine. It shouldn't have fur. <laughs> also, God, I forgot he said, I for, I forgot this plushie is seven feet seven inches tall. <laughs> seven feet seven feet tall boggy would be insane. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you know about a seven foot tall plush. <laughs> I need a new bed. Let me they know. They specify in, in small text, tiny little backpack not included. And I feel like that's a missed opportunity, Dimension 20. <laughs> well, anyway. Why don't they sell a tiny little backpack separately? Exactly! They should sell a tiny little... Well, I mean, I guess because he, it, like, cause he's sitting on the ground with all four legs. It's not like uh, it's not like the fan depictions of him where he is standing on two legs this way the backpack can go across the other two legs while he's like holding them up near the front like hands. Maybe that's why. But I feel like you could figure it out. You can... you yeah, Again, he's a magic construct frog. You can figure out how to make a backpack float on him. He is pretty orb-like. Yeah. I'll give you that. I don't know. I got a mage handing the backpack behind him all the time. So this way it looks like he's just got a spectral little floating backpack with him. Pretty sure. Pretty sure Adine has mage hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's how she, she murdered the... the they kept the cafeteria lady with made hands by grabbing her own ladle and bonking her head with it. Ah, <laughs> uh, good times. Okay, well, anyway, that is, uh, I think that's going to be our show, because we've just evolved into <laughs> talking about someone else's show, and that's never a good time, so. Uh, you know, hey, it's been since funny. <laughs> we talk about that a lot, anyway. <laughs> Listen... If we want to talk about merch on this show, we need to get some of our own. Um, <laughs> oh, what would we even do, though, as merch of ourselves? <laughs> uh, well, Weirdo's membership cards, first and foremost. Like, that's a thing we've talked oh, about. Oh, yeah, that's... yeah. We've, we've discussed that and how at first we were like, the collector doesn't get one, but we have to send one to them now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as I recall, we decided to give the collector a membership card, but it didn't have the RFID chip to open the clubhouse doors. Yeah, so. well, uh, you know, we should probably be upfront about that and actually apologize, being like, look, at the time, we just wanted to be sure, <laughs> but, you know, hey, times have changed, there you go, you have access now. Listen, everybody thought you were going to possess this kid, and... <laughs> yeah, again, like, yeah, like, you remember the Collegaloo's whole theory? Oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah that didn't happen. Neither did collectibles, which is really a shame. Oh right, yeah, yeah, I forgot about collectibles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we were at least like in the right direction with Bellows, though, at the least with that. I mean, because like I'm pretty sure you at some point said Bellus, right? <laughs> which yep, sure did. I'm pretty sure that was you because I was like, oh, that sounds too much like a terrible ship name. No thanks. <laughs> yep. But it, it was just uh, it was just Hunter Bellows. So there we go. We at least had we got close. We hadn't gotten the ballpark. Yeah, I don't like Hunt Lowe's very much. No. <laughs> that's, that, that's not a good is, word. Is that, is, that the, is that what people referred to Hunter Possessed by Bellows? Was it Hunt Lowe's? <laughs> or was it Belunter? Which Belunter uh, I think it was Belunter, yeah. Which is not better. Yeah, that's strange. No. <laughs> Bunter? Anyway, um... <laughs> <laughs> 
So, uh, at least we're on topic, but yeah, I think we're done for tonight, so... It, yeah. <laughs> there's not much... Well, no, we gotta plug our stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, we uh, got other if stuff. If you have enjoyed this deranged rambling, you can find me on Twitter at Patch underscore Jacket, on Blue Sky at Nobody Adams, on Co-Host at Nobody, and on uh, several different shows for All on the Table, which you can find at twitch.tv slash allonthetablerpgs. I have uh, three different games in which I play three different queer characters. We are really trying to shift focus and be more of a... I mean, the channel has always been a, a focus on trans cast members, but we really want to emphasize that we do games that are not for straight people. So, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> and I continue to still be able to be found on both Coast and Blue Sky at just Oblivion. Uh... For whatever amount it's worth, you can still find me at that. Uh, not that. Not that. Uh, the underscore Oblivion on Twitter for as long as Twitter continues to actually function. But to be fair, I don't really even use it these days much because it's just constantly terrible. It's uh, kind of it. I don't have any other place I'm at. <laughs> Twitter. It never died. Co-hosts are my favorite guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, I guess wouldn't it, wouldn't it be... Okay? Yeah, it would be. Eggbug is my favorite guy. Eggbug is everybody's favorite guy, <laughs> no matter what form Eggbug takes. <laughs> that's like the that's like the one reason why co-host still kind of actually above Blue Sky with me, because I like I feel like I like Blue Sky's functionality more, because it actually just basically feels like Twitter before Musk, obviously. But co-host still has Eggbug, and it's just fun to see people just post about nonsense bullshit on co-host, especially when it just pertains to Eggbug. <laughs> I don't really like Blue Sky very much, but it is hard to argue that because basically everyone that I like to follow is on Blue Sky, so... Yeah, there's that. And also, it's it's way easier to even find people on Blue Sky compared to co-hosts. Like, you kind of need to, like... like it's, it's really hard to find just people on co-hosts in general, I feel. Yeah... It's it's just <laughs> I don't know. They're they're both still they're both still new, so hopefully they continue to improve. Well, well for sure, I don't know. While Twitter continues to burn, I and just hell. mean like I perhaps unsurprisingly follow a lot of anti-fascist activists and collectives on Twitter, and uh, mm -hmm. they're not on co-host. It, it just doesn't happen. So I had to stick to Blue Sky if I want them, which is frustrating. Yeah. But again, like, Blue Sky really needs to let you be able to, like, embed Blue Sky posts on, like, Discord and stuff like that. Because it's like, as is, I've mostly just been taking screenshots on either my computer or my phone to be able to post them to share stuff I see. <laughs> and that's, that's a bit, that's too many steps. They gotta have a hyperlink that lets you just pop it in. Uh, but yes. So, either way, um... At this point, I think there is not much left for us to say, but remember, us weirdos have, have to strike, strike together. together. I... Oh, and I guess quick programming note, uh, as of this recording, the WGA strike has ended, but SAG-AFTRA continues, and so we are still in our solidarity mode. Um, obviously, we're going to finish this book, whatever happens, but like, we'll see whether uh, actors get a fair deal before we finish. So, yep. we'll... anyway, later. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Probably should have put that up front, but oh well. <laughs> um.